Yeah. Bring it back a little old school for you guys. All right. Return of the Mac. We are back live, back in action as we are free of week three and knocking on the door to week four. The third and three core brings you the NFL and a whole lot more. So let's get it going. Welcome to another edition of the 33 Podcast with Trick, Nick, and Gist, the real deal, Danny and Adams, and myself, Jason Fearman. This show is presented by the Sports Column and brought to you by three crazy football fans. Time to bring in my teammates. Nikki, how are you feeling tonight, girl? Oh, we're good. Happy to be here with you guys. You make my week so much better. Well, I'm glad to hear that. You know, it's it's the therapy session Wednesday night, D. You know we're on it, baby. How you doing? Doing good, man. Always ready to talk to you guys about some football, get some laughs in, just put on a great show like we do. That's right. All unrehearsed, unscripted, and that's why it's a lot of fun. You don't get the same old jibber-jabber every half hour and stuff like that. We're rocking on over here on 3rd and 3, and we are ready to get it rolling. We're not going to waste any time. We're jumping right in to neighborhood news, and we got look a whole lot of games to go over. we got our applause, tomatoes, freaky fantasy football draft, week four picks, our prop bets for the week. A whole bunch of stuff you guys want to tune into absolutely everything that we got coming for you because look, we had really good records over the weekend, so you guys are gonna really want to tune into this one, all right? So let's get this going over here. Let's start it with Matt Nagy. <laughs> okay, Matt Nagy considering all three quarterbacks for week four. I mean, that just sounds depressing in itself. We're gonna get into the game, but how do you consider all three quarterbacks for the upcoming week? You need a game plan to go in. You just got your buck kicked by Cleveland, Damian. Chicago needs a game plan this weekend, and do they not know who's playing quarterback still? What the hell's going on here? Uh, I would like to think for Bears fans that he is trying to be clever. Like, <laughs> oh, we don't know who we're considering, but they have a game plan. Now, evidence from last week would not suggest that they know what they're doing. Yeah, I think you give him too much credit, Damien. I think you give him yeah. that too much credit. Like, he's got a game plan. He's got a game to play, but no plan, I don't think. Yeah. Exactly. And we all know the old saying, if you have two QBs, you have no QBs. So if you have three QBs, what is the saying after that? Like, where are you going? Like, where do you even go from there? Uh, it's, it's something that, you know, I just don't understand what's going on. If I was a Bears fan, the anger – will be coming out of my pores. Like, you just see the red on the screen <laughs> coming out of my face. Like, I I can't imagine being a Bears fan right now. Oh, man, it sounds like early tomato action going on over here. <laughs> and and well-deserved, there's no doubt. Because, well, look, we're, again, we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about Fields and his performance or lack thereof and the lack of help that he got from the coaching staff and his yeah. players. But just again, I mean – we, they were calling for Matt Nagy's head in week one, Nikki, and now we're going into week four, and he's talking about not just two like Damien said, but now three different quarterbacks that he doesn't know what the hell to do with. Yeah, it's stupid, and we said this, uh, what, in the beginning of the season that he was going to screw this up, and he screwed it up. So just as we predicted, another prediction has come true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, now it really is amazing. I mean, yeah, they've been calling for his head in Chicago, you know, since they decided not to start fields. And then, if, you know, we, he had a bad game, which we'll talk about. But seriously, it just looks like he may not even make it through the season if the Bears are going down, which is the way it looks like they're going right now. How about the undefeated teams in the NFL? I mean, teams that you just wouldn't think of right now, the Panthers, the Broncos. I know they had a weak schedule. I understand that. You got the Raiders. Um, who am I missing um, in the NFC? We got the Rams. I think those are the four teams that are undefeated right now. 
the Rams are probably the best out of all of them, but between Denver, um, the Raiders, and the Panthers, Damien, who would you say is the best out of those three? Oh, that's a tough question. It's tough because with the Panthers, we haven't really seen them tested. Their best opponent was the Saints, who I said earlier were missing eight coaches or last week. So mm-hmm. they were missing eight coaches and you know five defensive starters. And with the Broncos, you had what the Jets, the Jags, and the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> so Sorry, it's hard to determine how good those teams are. Now with the Raiders, they do have some good competition on their resume, or what we think is good competition on their resume. And it seems like their defense is starting to put it together a little bit. And we all know that offense can score. Uh, and Derek Carr is throwing the ball down the field. That's the thing we've been asking Derek Carr to do for years upon years, and he's doing that now, and that could be the difference. So right now I'm going to go with the Raiders, but the Broncos look really good. I just – with that schedule, it's hard to tell. Yeah, I hear you, uh, definitely. I mean, you know, Denver's schedule has been, you know, great for them, obviously, so far. you got Denver. They're all about defense for the most part. The Raiders, they're all about their offense. They won a close game against Miami, which you covered your set this weekend, Nikki. So you got them. I know the Rams are definitely head and shoulders above everybody else, but – out of those three other teams, including Carolina, like I said, Denver and the, and the Raiders, who do you think is the best out of all of them? Hmm. That's tough. I will say this. Derek Carr has the hot hand right now, and that defense is playing a lot better than I thought it would. I don't know that they're better than Denver right now, but then, hey, here comes Carolina kind of out of nowhere. I mean, we all thought Sam Darnold might have, well, anywhere is better than the Jets. Let's just be clear. Yes. So <laughs> he was going to have a better year. So you know what? I I might be a little bit higher on the Raiders just because they're impressing me a little bit more. Um, and I know Denver's dealing with some injuries, right? Uh, Raiders seem yeah. to be intact, so – you know, but I really think it can go either way. But for right now, I'll, I'll hold strong on the Raiders. Yeah, some of those games that the Raiders lost last year by three points or in overtime or whatever it may be, they're winning now. I mean, it's only been three weeks, but pretty decent sample size. And I think they got Monday night against the Chargers this weekend, so that should be really interesting. And we'll talk about that coming up. But, Nikki, I have a really interesting question that was posed to me by my best friend, Jets fan, very sorry fan, as he's been for a long time right now. We discussed in this show. And he said to me, it just came up, who's the best quarterback in New York football history? So we talked about. <laughs> you already know who Nikki's saying. I, <laughs> this is where Nikki may actually get credit, though. I mean, if you just think about it, all right, Joe Namath is one of the most overrated quarterbacks ever. He had a 50 completion percentage. He threw a bunch of interceptions. Phil Sims, not in the Hall of Fame, had a great Super Bowl. Okay. You're not going to put Mark Sanchez in there. You're not going to put Vinny Testaverde in there. Dave Brown, obviously not, you know, um, going back in the days, maybe Sammy Ball played a couple of games for the Giants, a quarterback. But in reality, if we take Buffalo out of it for a second, because there's Jim Kelly, there's Josh Allen right now, is Eli Manning, Damien, I'll go to you first, and I'll let Nikki just sit there and ponder this thing for a second. (laughs) Is Eli Manning actually the best quarterback in New York Jets and New York Giants football history? Yeah, between those two teams, he's definitely the best. Uh, it just proves that neither team has had a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, <laughs> How can that be? How can that be? How can that be? How can you even say that? <laughs> you know how you know, we've already had the argument. You know how I can say it. Um, but between those two teams, I do have to give Eli his credit. Uh, you know, Eli, double middle finger Manning. 
I have to give him, <laughs> I have to give him his credit that he is the best quarterback in New York Giant Jet history. Now, like you said, Buffalo Jim Kelly, it gets a little more complicated if you involve him in the conversation. But mm-hmm. Eli does have that title as best quarterback in New York. He's the best quarterback in MetLife history. I'll go put it that way. Fair enough. Fair enough. There you yeah. go. It, Nikki, why are you shaking? You should be look. What's up, Ben? Definitely want to say what's up to you. But Nikki, you should be happy with this. He actually comes. He won two Super Bowls with the Giants. He's yeah. the only one to do that. Nobody's yeah. done it with the Jets except for Joe Namath back in you know eighteen forty six. So Eli is the best quarterback in New York, not Buffalo football history. Right. I agree with you guys. I'm not feeding the trolls this week. Understand. Like, I am not doing it. Okay. I know you guys. I know what you're trying to do. Not feeding him to the trolls. Like, he will be in the Hall of Fame, much to your dismay. And you guys will be there. And I is on my dime. We are celebrating. And so you can just keep drinking all the hatery. Drink it up. Tell me what flavor you like. I'll send it to you. But you will be there. So go ahead. Keep on. I mean, Jay. You, you're getting some bad football juju more you rag on Eli, so keep on. Man, oh, man, I'll tell you. You're lucky we don't play you this year. Otherwise, bad things would happen to your team again. I promise you that. But that's another story altogether. No, really, the Giants have been a mess. A hot one. Tom Coughlin left, and, well, you got rid of Eli. You benched him for Geno Smith. I know. <laughs> for one game. But what oh, the hell was he playing? One game. Let's just ruin his, yeah. his game streak. Now, that yeah. was terrible. Yeah, that was dumb. Awesome. <laughs> oh, gosh. Josh Gordon is uh, joining the Chiefs. Is that a big deal to you, Damian? Do you think he's going to help him out? Maybe take uh, some that, kill him? I don't know. Yeah, he can help, definitely, because right now they're missing that third guy, right? Uh, with Tyreek Hill, teams are playing the way they're playing, where they're taking away the deep ball. Yeah. You need somebody else who has that speed out there. And as much as Josh Gordon has been away from the game and, you know, has done all these things to get away from the game and now have all these second chances, I guess for him, you can't say second chances. It's four of the fifth and six <laughs> yeah. chances that we've had. Yeah, <laughs> for him. But he's still – the reason he gets so many chances is that he is this talented. And when right. we saw him for a full season, we saw how talented he is. And he's still not old. Like, he's still in his prime. It seems like he's been around so long because he's been such a topic of conversation yeah. for such a long time. Um, but he's still young. He still probably runs, you know, four, three, four, four at that crazy size, being athletic. And even in his short stints, we saw glimpses of brilliance with the Seahawks and with other teams. You know, even with the Patriots, we saw glimpses of it. So maybe with Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, if anybody could bring the best out of him, it would be Mahomes. So I think other teams, you wouldn't be scared, but you'd be like, ah, oh, they got Josh Gordon, and we know the talent he has. That could be a game changer if he's on point. I know, and you know, I'm not going to say that he's the athlete he was, you know, or the player he was five, six years ago when he was lighting it up with Cleveland of all teams when they yeah. were nothing. Nikki, yeah, I mean, 14 games, he led the league in in uh, receiving yards and the whole spieling. He was looked at one of the best wide receivers in the game, like no doubt. He went to New England, he went to Seattle. Now he's joining the Chiefs to try to help him out. Do you think it makes a difference? If they're one and two now. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll make a difference. Can he get through the whole season though? Mm, Not yeah, like let's let's just see. <laughs> let's just see. Sure. Like I'm sure he'll help, but do you trust do you trust him from this point on all the way through? 
It's a very fair question. Yeah. It really it's a fair question. It's unfortunate that we have to take a deep sigh when asked that question, but it's one that's fair, you know, because it's like you're rooting for them, right. but at the same time, you're like, I can't say that I trust you. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to look at the resume sometimes, and I'm not talking about his stats. I'm talking about the yeah. amount of games that he has missed. So let's see if he can stay in the field and help the Chiefs out because, uh, yeah, they're one and two at the bottom of the AFC West. Who the hell would have thought that? All right, I mentioned the Panther, Panthers uh, 3-0. and They're getting some cornerback help after J.C. Horn went down with a broken foot. Bad news, their big-time uh, rookie over there. So they got C.J. Henderson from the Jaguars. Take that for what it's worth. Um, but uh, he's a pretty good cornerback, so he should help him out in that system that they got going on over there. To close out neighborhood news, we're going to go to NBA for a second. And, Damian, I'm going to throw it to you really quick on this one. From what I'm understanding, in New York City and in the city of San Francisco, not the entire state of California, but where the Warriors play and where the Knicks play and where the Nets play, you have to be vaccinated to be inside a building, not just a sports arena, apparently, like yeah. any building. Okay, so – this puts players like Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins, who are not vaccinated, as we know, at jeopardy of not playing home games and missing half the season. D, wow, that's a big deal now. Yes, now it's huge. It's a huge deal. Now, part of me, I guess the skeptic part of me, believes that these owners and somebody else with deep pockets is going to find some type of exemption for these guys to play especially somebody like Kyrie. Kyrie is a intricate part of that team and Brooklyn is expected to win a championship. Like they're the favorites by far going into this season. We all know if all three of those guys are healthy, Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, it's going to be really, really tough to beat them. Now with the Warriors, they're expected to have like a comeback season, especially once Klay Thompson comes back, but he's not expected to come back until Christmas. So Andrew Wiggins is supposed to be the guy to fill that role and help them bridge that gap until Klay Thompson comes back. Andrew Wiggins, not as big a star as Kyrie. Do you try to pull those same strings for Andrew Wiggins that you pull for Kyrie? Probably mm -hmm. not, right? Because we all know that exceptions are made for exceptional or people and players. Yes. And Andrew Wiggins hasn't been an exceptional player. And also, for me, it's like as a teammate, I'll be like, man, we have a chance to win a championship. And you're going to miss half the home games and also possibly playoff games because you don't want to go ahead and get this vaccine. And it's not just for us. It's just to make everybody else safe. Like the Knicks are hundred percent vaccinated. They don't have to worry about this. Right. In Brooklyn, you have Kyrie, one of your star players not being vaccinated. Uh, so it's a huge story and it's going to be one that goes on into the year unless some backdoor deal is made where some billionaire is putting some money in somebody's pocket to get some exemption made, which I, part of me believes that's going to happen before the season starts. Something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a big rule that it's going to be hard to do that without some eyebrows being raised. Like, how do you get on the court? What happened? Yeah. Yeah. So it's going yeah. to be something where people who, the local guy at your post office who, who doesn't want to get vaccinated, those guys are going to make a lot of noise if Kyrie gets on the court being mm -hmm. loud about not being vaccinated or the fact that we know his status is not vaccinated. So it's going to be tough, man. And if he goes into the season and can't play the home games, this is going to be a huge story. It's going to be the biggest story like in sports in a long time. If players legit can't play half the season, and then you got to get into the money part. If I'm right. the owner of the nets or the warriors and Andrew Wiggins is making $33 million, 
give me half of that back, bro. I'm not paying you. <laughs> I'm not paying you if you can't play the home game. Same thing for Kyrie. If I'm the owner, I'm saying, hey, you know, you got your choice. I'm not even going to be mad at you for that. But I'm not paying you for not being here. So give me that money back or I'm not, not going to give it to you at all. And I'll pay you on the road when you, when you show up. So it's it's a lot that goes into it. So I want to know your your thoughts on it, Jay. Like, do you think if you were a teammate of Kyrie's, would you be upset with Kyrie? Do you try to have his back? Like, teammates have his back so far, but come, say, December, January, he didn't miss 20 games already. Do you still have his back at that point? I think it's very circumstantial having an individual player's back because in the locker room, I don't know. I don't know how he's received with, you know, his off-court antics and the world is flat and stuff like that. But, you know, otherwise missing games. So I do think it's circumstantial. But if I were his teammate and, you know, it was kind of like free space, we can talk about this. And, Nikki, I want to get your opinion because these are these are city rules. These are not NBA rules. Yeah. I would say to him, you know, really, what is the issue? Why do you not want to get vaccinated? If he's got a real legit reason you know, for whatever it is, and it doesn't have to be mathematical. It could be whatever. You know what? Okay, I understand. You don't want to hurt your body. You think that something bad is going to happen to you. I'm not in any position to say, go ahead and do this. But on the other hand, look at the teammates around you. Look at your players. As long as you don't have any underlying conditions, let's go win a freaking championship, man. We have a chance. They had a chance last year, but KD was the only one on the court. And look how close they came, Ethan. So you put Harden and you put Kyrie with them. Yeah, so if I'm his teammate, I, I'm definitely saying it, but I'm inquisitive about the reasons why and why not. So it's it's a thin line to walk, and I understand why you're asking the question. It's because they're a championship team, and it just makes sense. It's like everybody seems healthy doing it. Go ahead, but players have their personal reasons and people do in general. So that's how I would answer that. It would have to be a close relationship type of talk. Um but, Nikki, the, again, these are not NBA rules. These are now New York City and San Francisco, and I don't know if other cities are going to jump on. So it's not like the NBA can even do anything about it. So what is your opinion? Should the cities have even made this rule? Do you Are you on board with it? Or do you say, you know what, this is kind of ridiculous. Only two cities out of thousands in America are doing this. <sighs> I don't know. It's just so tough. It really is. Mm -hmm. It's like – you you understand why there are these rules in place, but then you understand that, I don't know. And it's just New York City, right? So it's not the rest of the state. It's just New York City. Right. Personally, I am vaccinated. I can show proof. I really hope New Jersey doesn't follow suit. They tend to do that, you know, whatever New York does or New York mm -hmm. City does, New Jersey will do. So far, we haven't. I don't know. I feel like showing proof to go eat or go to the gym I, I don't know. I, it's just tricky. It's just a it's just a fine line. I understand those are the rules. And like we have said, these are the rules. You're welcome to adhere to the rules. You're welcome to not. There may be consequences if you don't follow those rules. And if you play, you know, in New York, you're going to have to adhere to that. So I'm with you. I'd want to know maybe why if I had that relationship. Ask why. I don't think that Maybe every player has that relationship with him, but yeah, it's tough. Like you want to be a good teammate. Yes. Let's go win a championship. But if you're against it, what can you really do? Uh, there is a religious exemption. So perhaps some new religions will come out of all of this. So that, <laughs> that's what Andrew Wiggins tried to get and it was denied. Oh, uh, he, what did he, he, did he make one up or was it? <laughs> <laughs> he did, that's the thing. So that's one of the things I have an issue with 
because they're trying to be like, oh, my reason is private. But when it comes to a pandemic, privacy is kind of done with because it affects literally everybody. Yeah. So like now it's like, okay, you have to at least give me a reason. I might not agree with your reason, but at least let me know why you don't want to get this vaccine. Mm-hmm. Right. And like what we talked about Cam Newton a few weeks ago, Cam Newton, somebody who has been very, very um, strict when it comes to what he puts in his body, literally doesn't even take the stuff from the doctors on the team. So somebody like that, you're like, OK, I get it. He doesn't yeah. put anything in his body that he doesn't know exactly what it is. One hundred percent like, OK, you've been this way. You've been consistent this way for a long time. I can rock with you on that. Hmm. Yeah. Like someone like Kyrie. Andrew Wiggins, they've had multiple surgeries. They've had to have have doctors and I don't know if they take pain meds, but you would imagine they had to. With Kyrie, he has a long list of injuries he's had throughout his career. So with those guys, you're like, okay, you got to give me a real reason. You can't just say, oh, it's, you know, it's my privacy, it's my reason. Like, no, we need to know because now you're affecting the whole team and you're affecting our chance to win a championship. Right. And not just affecting them in the championship way, but affecting them like, God forbid, if he does come down with COVID, you could still be vaccinated and get COVID. Then those players yeah. can't play. So it's it's a whole thing. I mean, look, there's one thing to be said about load management, but missing half of the freaking games, that's a little little bit drastic. I don't know. D, maybe they're, st- they're like, they're public figures too. You're, you're a superstar in the NBA. Yeah. So what do you think? Like, you're going to be scrutinized and... Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to answer these questions. And now you put your teammates in the awkward spot of having to maybe answer on your behalf because, you know, a reporter is going to ask is going to come up. So now, you know, does this become a distraction? Probably. Yeah. But again, I, I understand all points and all sides of it. I don't really think there's a great answer to it. Yeah. And well, plus, yeah. when you make 30 million dollars a year, things like this come with it. You yes. have to accept you have yeah. to accept that. Like if you're gonna be blessed with that type of lifestyle that you can live because of how good you are at a sport, yeah. you have to accept those things that come with it. Yeah, with um, listen, I agree. It's it, it's tough again, each individual I understand, and there are ones that are outside of sports that make the same choice to not get it. And look, everybody everybody's got their right. Maybe the best thing to do is trade him back to Boston or something like that. So I don't have to worry about this. And he can just go play all his games. So maybe they trade him. I don't know. Maybe something big happens with that. I have no idea. But uh yep, something to definitely keep our eyes on, no doubt about it. All right, let's do applause and tomatoes. Like we've been throwing a lot of tomatoes, it seems like early in the show. So let's <laughs> do some more, Nikki. Let's do some more, Nikki. What do you got? Oh man. All right. So you know how I Tell you guys here and there, you know, I, I go on my runs, I go on my hikes and stuff like that. So I just, I'm throwing my tomatoes at, listen, when you're like individually running and going on your hike and you're passing another individual, you kind of give that like that slight nod, you know, you kind of move out of each other's way. Okay. Well, I'm giving my tomatoes to <laughs> I'm harping on parents again for the second week in a row. Why do you have to bring like your entire family, your six wide stroller, 15 <laughs> dogs. You're taking up the entire, like there's a trail and a track. You're taking up the entire, entire track. Nobody can move around you. No one can move by you. I'm running, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get hemmed up with this person. Let me try to sidestep it. Okay, run a little bit more. Oh, I'm getting hemmed up with the Smith family reunion. <laughs> Labradors, right? And little Joey's on the bike and like he's 10, take off the training wheels. If you can't ride the bike, 
by now, forget it. Like, so I'm running, right? This lady, I'm leaving in and out. It was a beautiful day here in the tri-state area over the weekend. I'm running. This lady turns to me. I'm going, weaving in between children. She, oh, 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 like, like oh I knocked her children over. Or like I was trying <laughs> to like, just like steal them or something. Like, I could not believe the reaction I got. Maybe you could be respectful and step to the side. I'm doing the best that I can. So really, like the six wide, the grill, the whole thing, the million bikes, the scooter, the whole, please just have some respect. Maybe take one kid, one dog. Like, do we need the whole entire brood? Like, so really just a little respect for the solo runners and hikers out there. And don't look at me like I'm crazy just because I'm trying to pass you. No, hey, I'm with you. Look, if, if you're doing the family reunion, you know, welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins, you know, and you got old family. You know, Damien, you know this, man. Single file, military style. Go single file. One behind the yeah. other. Leave a lane, man. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I'm not a big hiker, but I've been hiking before and I've seen like the people out there are their five kids. It's like there's certain activities you can't do with five kids. <laughs> so, like leave that to the people who are out there. You know, like the couple, you might have a couple that's running together, single people. You might have maybe three or four friends, but they all are like adults. So, you know, to get to the side and kids, you can't blame the kids. They don't know any better. Yeah, you, yeah, you're the one bringing the kids out here. So, yeah, I'm with you, Nikki. Maybe certain parents shouldn't have five kids, and you know that's why they're bringing them on a hike. Maybe they're trying to lose one of them or something like that. I don't <laughs> Very true. Maybe, Very true. Maybe. Bring them up to the Shasta Mountains. They'll disappear real quick there in California. All right, D, what do you got? All right, so for the first time in tomato history, I am going to put my tomatoes in the tomato gun and turn it on myself. Oh, for. <laughs> For picking the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> that game was over so fast. And it was, and not by the score, like it was weird because it was 14 nothing. He was like, oh, this, this is done. Like it seems like this game is over with. They have no shot in it. Or no, it wasn't even 14 nothing. It was 7 7 at one point. And they still felt like they have no shot in this game at all. And it was so weird the way their game plan was. And I'm like, why did I even believe in this squad at all? There's a reason why I didn't believe in them going into the year. And I'm like, somehow I just had a temporary insanity moment. So I just want to turn the tomatoes on myself for believing in Philadelphia. I was like, just watching the game. I was like, what, what am I watching? What is going on right now? And why did I believe in this team at all? Like, so I got to hit myself with the tomatoes today because that disbelieving in them. I was like, I just feel dumb. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> is that your uh, Mike McCarthy Coach of the Year moment? Is that yeah, that was, I, guess that was, I guess that was my moment because I was like, why did I ever believe in this Philadelphia team? Like, what is going on? You're running the ball two times in the game? Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> and yeah, Miles you know, my, mom said, my mom says you should have known better, Dave. You <laughs> your mom is right. <laughs> Yeah, they should have run the ball. But Miles Sanders is a hell of a player. They got to get the ball in his hands more. They really yeah. do. He, he's yeah. a special guy. They The game plan, yeah, it was a hot mess. Look, I, I could throw tomatoes at myself, man. I thought the Colts were going to be a hell of a team this year. They're 0-3. They look like complete garbage. So I'm with you, man. It, it happens. To the <laughs> it does. It really, really does. And the best of us probably doesn't include Mike McCarthy. Nikki, thank you for that lead-in right there, who – Again, <laughs> just doesn't, Dude, it's so bad. doesn't see the it, BS. You don't see the clock. 
the, the clock in your head is not working correctly. That's what's happening. It's everything is moving in either really fast forward motion or really slow motion for you because we know what happened last week when you had your kicker who couldn't kick a field goal from inside 30. Luckily, get one from 56 yards away to beat the Chargers. But this week, I understand you're up 20 to 7 and you're playing Philly and you're looking like the better team, no doubt, like Damian had just gone over. But you got plenty of time left. And again, <laughs> Philly's got third and 24. And there's over a minute ticking. Why are you not calling a timeout? They're not going to yeah. pick it up. They're obviously going to have to punt. Go score more points. Anything can happen in the NFL, even though Philly sucks and we've established that just three minutes ago, Damian. Yeah. You have to go out there and you have to try to put up more points. And there was nothing, Nikki, in Dallas's offense or in Philly's defense that was saying they were going to stop them from at least getting a field goal. So, again, this clock management thing with Mike McCarthy – it's probably got Aaron Rodgers la laughing his ass off saying, this is what I had to deal with for 10 freaking years, and that's why he's out of here. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. And that's yeah, probably, why I originally yeah. thought maybe Washington might win the division because Ron Rivera doesn't do shit like that. Yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but, with yeah, like to say you can't see the clock, Okay, ask someone who can. Like you have people, in, <laughs> you have people upstairs, on, man. <laughs> yeah, you have people upstairs who are there just to do this, like there to see a replay, there to see the clock. Like ask them what's going on, so you can call a timeout. Time, like you, were, I was watching that moment. Like why are they not calling timeout? You can put this game away for sure, for sure. With more points, it just. And like Peyton Manning was yelling, call a timeout. Yes. <laughs> so it was something that for me, man, I, it didn't make sense. So I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. yeah. Peyton was saying, Mike, call a timeout. I'd be saying he's probably going to hate me after. I'm not going to get an interview with him after. And Eli was yeah. like, go ahead and call a timeout. No, I'm just kidding. He wasn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to get my little chances when I get them in there. Fly down to uh, Florida. <laughs> wonderful over here but the weather's getting nicer while it's getting colder for you nikki me and damien are gonna have some nicer weather going on over here when it comes to yeah. winter time quote unquote because we don't really have that down here but uh <laughs> all right let me wrap the applause around and uh, doing a lot of philadelphia now and i couldn't help myself have you guys heard of philly sports with giovanni have you heard of this podcast no okay giovanni hamilton has what's called schwartz jample syndrome which his mother described as having a cross between dwarfism and muscular dystrophy. So, um, you know, he's, you know, impaired in certain ways. He, you know, he can speak. I mean, he's, you know, the kid's fine. He's, you know, he's healthy, but he's got, you know, he's, he's got these issues. So she compares it again between dwarfism and muscular dystrophy. And he's endured 15 surgeries in his 13 year life. And what he said is that football saved his life and related it to the Eagles. And, Carson Wentz's kind of underdog story and became a really big fan of his, got to go to the field and meet him. Now he's got a podcast where Eagle players have been on. This kid, again, is 13 years old, and he's had Chris Long. Um, he's had their rookie this year uh, receiver. What's his name? Uh, Dev uh, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith and others are going on. And I, it, what else is also amazing? This kid's a huge Philly fan, and he said, again, football saved his life. When Dak Prescott, hated Cowboys rival. He sent him basically a get well message last year and Dak responded to him, which I love. Dak responded, said, thank you. I appreciate all, you know, everything. So this kid, a 13 year old is becoming absolutely famous despite 
his you know muscular dystrophy and whatever it may be that's going on, doing a podcast like we are and getting better guests than we are. It's amazing what this kid is doing, and I have to applaud him because if you're a kid, maybe you're getting bullied on, maybe you're getting made fun of you know by other kids in your school because kids are cruel, and we know. But look what he's doing now, and I bet you everybody in that damn school is looking up to him. So bravo. Way to go, Giovanni Hamilton. Yeah, now that's an amazing story. You love to hear stories like that, man. It just warms your heart. And it really makes up for all the bad things. Not makes up for it, but it really just helps you get through all the bad things that you hear. So I love to hear that. Yeah, it definitely does. When we talk about therapy, we come on the show, Nikki. I mean, that's amazing therapy for anybody, whether you're just a regular everyday child or if you have muscular dystrophy, dwarfism, whatever. I mean, that is just amazing to lift your spirits up. This kid's on ESPN now, you know, being interviewed and stuff. I mean, that's just, that's great. That's what America should be all about. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Very, very, very cool. I'm, yeah. I'm glad for him. That's, yeah. we keep rocking, Giovanni. We got Way you. Way to go, yeah. Gio. We know you listen to him. Yeah, that's, we should get him on. Yeah, Maybe yeah. he's too popular for us now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. Yeah. All right, D, let's get your applause in. Uh, speaking of dope podcasters, I'm going to give my applause to Nikki for being a beast and representing the 33 podcast like she does. I caught her appearance last night on 12 Ounce Sports. Uh, I was on the same show the week before, and she just blew my appearance out the water. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she was great. And she's been a guest on all these different shows these past few weeks and always represent us well. And it's just dope to have a badass on your team. So give my applause to Nikki this week. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I am the first lady of Third and Three Podcasts. Yeah, you're the first lady of podcast straight up. I mean, every I talk wow. every every week we're on the show. It's like Nikki did 15 more shows this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you're doing a great job, girl. Way to go. Yeah. It's fun. Well, thank you guys. It's fun. But, you know, I got to get the promo out there. We got to get the promo out. That's right. Making it happen. (laughs) Nikki's doing big things. No doubt about it. All right. Speaking of clapping, we got your last applause, Nikki, and then we'll get into some more football action. Well, we already kind of touched on it. As much as you guys don't want to hear it, it was Eli Manning's uh, retirement ceremony, jersey, number, ring of honor. I don't care what you say. Yeah, you can sleep all you want and you can (laughs) Listen, I just, for everybody listening, okay, this group text, they got to make fun of the Manning cast, these two in here, they just have to troll me, the kids they get. All right, he did the Dak dance, he accidentally flipped off America, it was great, and his audience marketable, right? Peyton's like so intense all the time, you need somebody a little, but say what you want, actually, two Super Bowls, he will go down in Giants history as a legend, nobody should wear number 10, he is a class act, and he actually does a lot for communities and, you know, yeah. children, unfortunately, who have cancer. And he does it quietly, expects nothing in return, no fanfare, no no anything. So just uh, my applause to Eli Manning because uh, this franchise has not been the same. No, and it might take a while, Damien. Yeah, no, as, as much crap as me and Jason give you about Eli, Eli definitely deserves to be – have his jersey retired and be in the ring of honor for the Giants for sure. Like no one else should wear number 10. I definitely agree with you on that. Like he is the greatest quarterback. Like we said, it met life history. Yeah. Uh, he, he definitely deserves all those accolades he's going to get. He shouldn't pay for anything in New York. Same way I feel about Breeze 
shouldn't pay for anything in Louisiana for the rest of his life. He should be treated that uh-huh. same way. Like <laughs> he, definitely, he, he definitely deserves that. And like the the Dak dance was funny. Him doing the hips, like his his hips do lie though, very tight. But <laughs> <laughs> very tight. Double dance classes. Good. And of course, you know me and you who are for cursing out people and having just cursing on America, the double middle fingers to the screen is hilarious. So you got to love that. I mean, yeah. And again, Eli, look, you want laid back and easy. That's him. He's totally laid back. Eli, there's no that. And he deserves everything that he's got coming to him. There's no question, even though we got Trey Larkins on here saying that Eli doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Nikki, I know you don't want to hear that. Oh, my God. Trey, we've gone over this, man. We've gone over this. Oh. Saying he's mediocre in 16 seasons. You're going to set Nikki's hair on fire, Trey. Watch out, bro. Watch out. But, uh, yeah, we've had it. You know what? The playoffs six times. Okay. Like, I I mean, how many times have the Jets made the playoffs? I'm just saying there's franchises out there who would have loved to have made the playoffs six times. Listen, I don't think his regular season record is, is amazing by any chance. I've said that. But he's also... He was also always available, dependable. He slayed the dragon twice. You can't, you can't do that. You guys can't call, not you guys, because we don't think Brady's the GOAT, but the general public. Brady can't be the GOAT, and then you you defeat him two times, and it means nothing. Like it just that's not, and it wasn't luck. There's pure talent there. So it just you cannot have it both ways. So Trey, you come with us too when when Eli gets the Hall of Fame. Let's have it. <laughs> If it's on Nikki's dime again, we're going. No problem. There. <laughs> we're good. We are good. All right. So that was good stuff, guys. Applause tomatoes closing it out for this week, week four in the NFL. We're going to recap week three right now, but not before we give our records. I told you guys, you need to listen to the show. And if you're a better out there, you may want to listen to us because we all triple lock this week and we all had very, very good records. Damien, I got you this week, man. I finally yeah. you took you had the first two weeks. I got you by one game. I went twelve and four. You guys went eleven and five. So great records all around. Nothing to be ashamed of anywhere at all. So well that done, damn Philadelphia pick, man. That, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that was the one that was going to flip the whole script right there. It was that the Monday night game? That was it. So yeah, the Phillies, uh, Philadelphia really killed you. That's why the tomatoes <laughs> went right there. I understand. Oh my God. All right. So again, not really. We all triple lock. Uh, great records, uh, 12 and four and two 11 and fives. Let's get to the ranting recap. We're going to touch on each game real quick and talk about the ones that were a little bit closer, obviously, and get into more detail on that. But uh, D, you made a great pick, Cincinnati over Pittsburgh. You called it, and it just looks like Big Ben has lost it. I don't know if they're going to go to Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins. I don't think that's the answer. The answer is getting that offensive line better. He's still getting the ball out quick, but it's not enough. He's getting smashed. And the worst thing that I heard probably over the weekend, which I could again tomatoes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, is the fact that Tyler Boyd, who was a veteran wide receiver and a damn good one at that, said that the Steelers gave up in the second half. They were dropping passes. They didn't care. I guarantee you he is right, Damian, because when a player says that, they're not saying it for no reason. They see it on the field. They see the body language of other players. And they were down 24-10, and that was the final score. And Pittsburgh got beat, and I think they got mentally beat as well. Yeah, and uh, players are very hesitant to say that about other players because they don't want to give that impression that these guys are making millions of dollars and not out there giving it their all. 
So when a player says that, you got to say, okay, you got to take that with some seriousness right there. Yeah. Uh, and for me, the reason I picked Cincinnati is because I just don't believe in Pittsburgh's offense. And Pittsburgh's offense is showing that they can't really do anything. Right, the offensive line isn't really providing holes for Najee Harris. We see the talent with Najee Harris, like he had a million catches yes. on Sunday. But it was the reason he has those catches is because they can't get the ball downfield. Ben is throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage or two, three yards ahead of the line of scrimmage, and he's not really able to do anything. And his stats look good. That's what fools you. If you don't watch the game and you right. see Big Ben's stats, like, oh, Big Ben had a good game. Yeah, with 300 yards passing, he's doing his thing. But when you watch the game, Everything is right there. The wide receivers are getting a bunch of yak because they have to to even get down the field. Uh, so with Pittsburgh, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm definitely worried because you don't want to waste that defense. Mm-hmm. But if you got Big Ben out there, you're going to waste that defense. That's what's going to happen. Like I said earlier this year, it's going to be a year where you look back at Pittsburgh and say, man, only if they had an offense. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and with their defense, I mean, they're still playing well, but they would love to have T.J. Watt back. But, Nikki, this is what we were talking about at the beginning of the season. None of us had him in the playoffs and they may have fooled us week one by beating Buffalo, but they've looked like crap the past couple of weeks. Yeah, we did say this. And I I maintain I just I think that the Steelers should have found their quarterback. I think they should have addressed this a lot sooner. Big Ben just. And I don't know, maybe he needs that TB12 diet. Maybe he needs them sweetings, yeah. the sticks, dirt, whatever the hell Brady's eating. Like the avocado you know, ice cream. Yeah, yeah. The avocado <laughs> ice cream, like the nice cream with the banana, which, by the way, is not that bad. I don't know if you guys oh. ever tried it. Do you okay. like bananas? You obviously have to like bananas. No, Jay, you look Nikki, right Nikki let me tell you something. Very quick story. When I was about six or seven years old, and my father's probably listening right now, and he's going to be laughing his ass off. This man forced a banana down my throat. Okay, because he said, no, it's it's so good for you. It's got potassium. I'm like, Dad, it smells terrible. I don't like it. I took that. He tried to like really like, you know, put this thing like in like eat, eat, eat. I took the tiniest bite, the tiniest bite. My head spun around 14 times like poltergeist and spit up all over the freaking place. No bananas for me ever. They're like, if I walk into a room and I see a banana, I'm freaking out. Bye. (laughs) Wow. Yep. Can't stand it. Nah, okay. oh, that's that's bad because bananas are good, man. Like I, I always do. Like for me, I'll put like a banana on a peanut butter sandwich. I'll put like peanut butter, banana, yeah. and honey on my sandwich. Like I used to do that all the time before I went and played basketball because you get your potassium, yeah. get a little energy from the peanut butter, and like it just some a good meal to have to fill you up, but not too much, you know, before you go exercise something like that. So yeah, I'm a big fan. I'll try that since you said it's pretty good, Nikki. Yeah, nice cream. Yeah, you just you make it just make it out of bananas, then you flavor it how you want. It, it's just you gotta blend you'll blend it so that like it's like ice cream, but not quite a smoothie. Gotcha. I'm willing to say that I'm the weird one. I totally get it. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely the oddball out. No, you're not. Look, my mom's in the chat. Mom, didn't I throw up on grape juice or something? i I don't think I've ever had grape juice since See? then. So it's not that weird. That that was your first mistake drinking grape juice. That was the problem. <laughs> Jason doesn't like anything, though. No. no, no. <laughs> Give me a steak and some fries, and I'm good, man. Yeah, that's all I freaking yeah. need. I'm fine with that. Jeez. Somebody feed Big Ben a steak. God, he needs something. All right. Not much to talk about in this game. Buffalo beat the crap out of Washington. Washington is not looking like the NFC East team that a lot of people picked to win that division. But uh, you're a quantum leap from last year. Josh Allen, he's balling out, D. Yeah, now this is the first game where he looked like Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, and I think it just took a few games for them to get that offense together. Washington, if I'm a football team fan, 
Washington, I'm, I'm worried. About, <laughs> I'm worried about them because the defense was supposed to be the strength, right? Like you knew offensively, like okay, Fitzpatrick might struggle from here to there. Now you got Henneke in there, who's okay. He's doing all right, but the defense is not looking like the defense that we thought it was going to be. He's looking overrated. And if that defense is not good, the team isn't good, and that's what yeah. we're seeing right now. Nikki, I know that you were a little high on Washington. This game, does it tell you more about Buffalo, where they're at, or where they're going, or where Washington and where they're going? Uh, I think it tells me more about Washington, actually. I feel like they were feeling themselves, right? Like, oh, we're coming off this Giants win. But, like, you have to realize you you beat the Giants. We're a terrible team. We're, like, number (laughs) one in drops. The offensive line is trash. Like, you know, you got to, like, realize who your opponent was. And Buffalo just was like, I am the dominant team, and – they certainly showed it. And, yeah, Washington, see, I'm with you. This defense, I, I really expected a lot more out of them. I don't know mm-hmm. what's going on, but I'm embarrassed for my NFC East picks. So. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to stay away from the NFC East altogether. Mike I, McCarthy yeah. last year, Washington, yeah, you got to stop with that. We got just – we'll concentrate yeah, on the divisions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, 3-0 Carolina. They stay 3-0 because they played Houston and Davis Mills or whatever his damn name is that they drafted in the third round. So, Nikki, unfortunately for you, McCaffrey got hurt in the freaky fantasy draft and unfortunate for him and the Panthers. So hopefully he gets back quick for that team who, again, is doing well, but it hasn't been against the greatest competition. But, uh, Nikki, Darnold stepped up and he made a lot of really good throws and threw for over 300 yards again. He did. I'm happy for him. I wanted to see what Sam Darnold was like outside of the Jets. Right. Yeah. And I'm happy for him. I think he's he's probably so thrilled. I could imagine oh. he's so thrilled. Uh, yes. Yeah, I was when McCaffrey went out, I was just like, I'm not going to say, but every curse word just went out of my mouth. <laughs> like, last week, too. I'm like, oh, God, I can't catch yeah. a break. They got a uh, wait. Their backup is what? Shoot. You could probably look this up. It's, uh, what is it? A hubba or something like that? Yeah, his name is, yeah. I think of that song, that tough thumping song. <laughs> a song. Like every I think it's Chupacabra. Yeah. That should be his nickname, Chupacabra. Like, yeah, it should be. That's a good one. See, that's not bad. Of course, we heard it here on third and three first. But uh, D, uh, Houston is obviously a mess without Tyrod Taylor. They need to get him back quickly if they want to do anything because they actually looked halfway decent. But now, see, here's the thing. Darnold, you know, looked good. Even though McCaffrey went out, it was against Houston, and Houston made a little bit of noise in that game. But that was the big reason why I was high on Darnold and Carolina this year was because McCaffrey is back, and he's such a big part of that offense. He's going to be gone for a couple of weeks. And do you think that Darnold's performance is going to suffer as a result of it? I think it will hurt it a little bit, but – they have weapons like DJ Moore is for real. Oh, he's <laughs> this, this dude is good. Like he made our rookie uh, Paulson Adebo look really bad when he played against mm-hmm. the Saints. He came back against the Texans and balled out again. Uh, even though Robbie Anderson didn't do anything against the Texans, he's really good. Yeah. So they have weapons there. They can and a guy Chuba Kara Hubbard. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be he'll be okay. Like he can he can do some things at running back. So I think they'll be okay. But you definitely want to have Christian McCaffrey there because he's such a difference maker for that squad. And I do have to give a shout out to Brandon Cooks, man. Uh, Like Brandon Cooks just continues to be productive. I think he might be the most underrated receiver in the league. Like he just continues to be productive and always getting traded for no reason and always produces wherever he goes. And 
Davis Mills had like 168 yards passing and 112 of them went to Brandon Cooks. That's right. <laughs> and Brandon right. Cooks was out there balling, man. So I had to give a shout out to him. Yeah, I mean, like he seems like the only wide receiver on that team, but he's doing his job. I think he's got over 100 yards in every game they played this year, the three games. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah, he's absolutely stepped up. And yeah, people who a lot of people didn't even draft him in fantasy, but they picked him up real quick. I guarantee you that after week one. Yeah. All right. Freaking the Lions, they 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 just can't catch a break, man. Unbelievable. They did they hung tough. They're up 17 to 16, but the Ravens have a chance. And Justin Tucker. Oh, my God. If he wasn't the greatest kicker in NFL history already, he just smashed Matt Prater's record. Well, smashed two yards, whatever. But the dude kicked a 66-yard field goal, but not before. Doinked, right on the crossbar. I'm like, oh, that's coming back. But because it's Justin Tucker, Damian, went right over. Baltimore wins in Detroit. I've never reacted to a field goal in that way. Like, <laughs> I lost my freaking mind when I saw it hit the upright and go through. Uh, and the thing was, I was at a sports bar watching it and you're not really paying attention to that game because you're like Baltimore they're going to whoop Detroit whatever so yeah. you know Saints game is on of course that's my primary game that I'm watching but you also got Bears Browns Coast Titans all these other games going on and like in a far corner I'm like is but this game really close like, I look <laughs> over and I'm like Baltimore really not pulling away so every once in a while I just look over and then like I noticed like when Detroit took the lead with only a minute left and the guy next to me, he's a degenerate gambler. Like, if you ever want to be entertained, sit next to a degenerate gambler as sports <laughs> while watching the game. It's the, right? the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> but so, yeah, and I'm like, I tap him like, man, Baltimore about to lose. So next thing you know, he's telling everybody else. So we're all like watching it now on that final drive. And when Lamar Jackson threw the ball out of bounds, so they could stop the clock on that last. I'm like, oh, no way. It's way too far. There's no way he's going to make this. And they're like, well, I'm like, well, it's Justin Tucker. So we don't, <laughs> we don't know. And when he kicked it and that ball went through, I tell you, the whole bar went crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and nobody, like, it's a card. And then the Cardinals at this point had their game in hand. So everybody's, like, paying attention to this game. Right. It was nuts, man. I Like you said, he's the GOAT. Like, he doesn't, like, Vinatieri has the most important kicks in history. Mm-hmm. So he'll always be in a conversation, but Justin Tucker, as far as the most talented, like Justin Tucker is the Aaron Rodgers of kickers. Like he's the yeah. most talented. Yeah, he's the most talented that we've ever seen, but he might not have the Adam Vinatieri accomplishments. Yeah, like his kicker touchdown and interception ratio is ridiculous. I mean, the, yeah. he's so accurate. It's just, it, it's amazing. And that's what Baltimore, you see, Nikki, that's the thing. That's what Baltimore needed at the end. They only had 16 points against the Lions. And this offense just put up a, has been putting up points against whether it was Kansas City or the Raiders in week one. So what the hell? I mean, the Lions don't have a great defense, Nikki. So what does that tell you? I don't know. But I I truthfully did not watch this entire game. I, of course, saw the field goal, right? Because the Giants are playing at one. Baltimore is at one. So I'm watching yeah. my game in one room. My husband's watching in the other room. And I just hear this screaming. And I'm like, what the hell happened? I'm running all the way upstairs. Just, you got to watch this replay. You got to rewatch. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah. it was, it was a, listen, it's not always a pretty win. They did what they needed to yeah. do. And Justin Tucker, I mean, damn. You know he sings opera, too? What? He does? Yes, you have to. What? Yes, I believe it's on YouTube. Clips of him. Like, he's a very good opera singer. 
So Justin Tucker is the most interesting man in the world. He needs to take yeah, over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Need those Eckies commercials. He has to have Justin Tucker now. Yes. Yeah, I had a lot of time in the sidelines, you know, just waiting around, getting his vocal cords, you know, all together. So I guess it's working. Something's working for him. Yeah. Uh, something did not work for Chicago, and that was their entire game plan. It was a hot mess. Cleveland destroyed him 26-6. We were finally getting ready to see Justin Fields, what he can do. The man goes six for 20 for 68 yards. They netted one yard or negative one yards, I think, because he was oh sacked nine mm-hmm. times. And Garrett got him four times. I, I, I Look, Nikki, I totally blame Matt Nagy for not having certain rollouts, certain protections, chip the end defender, something. You got sacked nine times. You got to adjust in your game plan. And again, this is why Matt Nagy's not going to last a season, Nikki. He cannot even adjust with the player that they drafted up to get. No, I, I agree with you. I think everybody agrees with you. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. What do you guys give him to like week seven? Maybe. He's Maybe. out week six. Yeah, no, that was, it was just, I mean, I felt so bad <laughs> for Justin Fields. Like, how can, you can't, you just can't, you can't, you can't play like that. You absolutely can't. And that's on the head coach. Yeah, D, I, I, we're, we're both, it's more on the head coach, the game plan. Obviously, he didn't have a lot of help from his teammates, but, you know, you there's definitely someone on Fields himself. I mean, I mean, let's be real, he went six for 20 for 68 yards throwing. That's a terrible game by anybody's standards. Um but again, not all his fault, but we do have to put some blame on Fields for not making those accurate passes when he had to. Yeah, you know, he's, he's out there, so he definitely deserves some of the blame. But it's hard to put more than, I would say, 5% on him, to be honest. Like, Because yeah, <laughs> the way the sports bar was set up, the Browns and Bears game was right next to the Saints game. So I'm, you know, watching the whole game. And there was nothing, literally nothing they did to help Justin Fields in this game. Nothing. And there was plays where there was one sack that Garrett got where Garrett didn't get touched. Miles Garrett. <laughs> we all no. know he's one, one of the best defenders in the league, right? He didn't get touched. The left tackle just moved in, and they're only rushing four. So it wasn't like he moved in to stop a blitz. He yep. moved in, and Garrett just gets past him. And I saw a stat where Justin Fields had less than one second on average oh. to pass the ball. That's hard. That's hard. like, <laughs> you know how crazy that is to have less than one second on average to pass the ball. Yeah. Like, that's so ridiculous. And when you're going against two of the most athletic defensive ends we've ever seen in Clowney and Garrett, you have to know, like, even as athletic as Justin Fields is, he's not going to be able to get away from these guys unless it's already designed for him to run in a certain direction where he's already gone. But right. to just say, like, okay, he's athletic, we'll just let him go out there. It was it was malpractice almost like because you <laughs> like to not have running backs in the backfield to help you out, protect him. It it was horrible, man. It was a horrible game plan or lack thereof mm-hmm. going into like it just was. And the thing is, you had the whole week. You knew he was starting. Yes. So I, can't, I can't say that Justin Fields wasn't ready. I could just say that Matt Nagy wasn't ready for Justin Fields. What you have to do, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah. you're putting Justin Fields in his first game. You got to cut the field in half for this kid. You can't, yeah. you don't want to give him the entire field where he's got to go through four different reads because he doesn't have any good wide receivers. You got to have easy checkdowns. You got to make these plays for your rookie quarterback. It, yeah. it just did not make any sense. And it, it, Matt Nagy is doing a terrible job, you know, 
all season long. I know it's only been three weeks, but Nikki, week seven, we may be giving him too much credit. I don't know if he's going to last. I really don't. I don't even know if the New York Jets are going to last the whole year. <laughs> I don't know what's they they a, uh, what do you, like. What what do they call those things where you pick like like if uh, like you pick like a due date? We should pick like a uh, when Matt Nagy's going to be out yeah. cool or something like that or. <laughs> Yeah, Everybody gets a number. I'll say week seven. Yeah, I, I don't know if he makes it to Halloween, and that'll be like a little trick or treat on his doorstep over there. You're fired with a freaking pumpkin or something like that. I don't know, but they, jeez, uh, I don't know where he's gonna go. God. Anyway, like I was saying, the Jets suck. They didn't score a point. It was against Denver's defense, but. Damien, the Jets just can't move the ball. And again, they got a rookie quarterback, and they're not doing him any justice either. All you got to do is look at Sam Darnold and how bad he was in New York because he was surrounded by inadequate head coaches, not the great greatest players, and a messed up front office. Look what he's doing now in Carolina, and they're doing the same thing to Zach Wilson. Yeah, it's it's rough, man. You feel bad for Zach Wilson. Um, and for him – Unlike with Justin Fields, with Zach with Zach Wilson, you do see some bad decisions being made yeah. out there. Yes. You see him not taking like the easy passes. Then he wants to make the sexy play, mm-hmm. and sometimes you sometimes you just gotta take the easy ones. Sometimes you gotta you know take the just take what's there instead of trying to make something happen that's not there. And with him, that's what you're seeing now. As far as the whole team, yes, trash, <laughs> absolute landfill. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> Uh, it's something that you know i just don't know how jets fans are still jets fans you know you got to give them respect for being loyal man because that fire dude i don't even know if he still goes to the games anymore like like i wouldn't blame him if he gave up and became a firefighter for the giants i wouldn't that's not much better but yeah you gotta (laughs) you gotta go somewhere else man (laughs) oh man yeah, seriously. I, look, Nikki, the Jets, we know, look, they're just horrible. They'll need time, like, I don't know, another 20 years to figure it out. But Denver has definitely figured out on defense. And now we went over the teams that they played, and Teddy B, Teddy Two Gloves, he's doing his thing. We All of us did like Denver in the beginning of the year, whether we, you know, I had him in the playoffs, not all of us did, but we all saw them moving up, especially when they decided to make Teddy Bridgewater the quarterback. Now, they're going to have rougher games ahead, but, Nikki, do you believe in Denver at 3-0? I think so. I think I think so. We, uh, I know last season I thought it was going to be their year, uh, but, you know, the Drew Locke experiment needed to end, and uh, they made the right decision, and I think so. They might, they might you know, they're going to make some noise. They're going to do something. But I, I don't think we need to talk about the Jets ever no. anymore. <laughs> it just yeah. somehow keeps getting worse and worse. Like, I don't. And so do the Giants. I just don't understand it. I just don't get it. If the Jets ever score more than 10 points, we'll bring them back on the show. All right. That's that's what we're <laughs> All right. that, that, that'll be the barometer for them. They got to score at least 10 points. Otherwise, they we don't even include the game. Okay. All right. But Moving on. You were in Arizona watching this one um, until they you know blew away Arizona 31 19. Um, thing I wanted to say out of everything that stood out in that game was Jamal Agnew returning that 109, uh, you know, kickoff, uh, the, the missed field goal yeah. all the way back. The Jags didn't win the game, but you love seeing stuff like that. Yeah, horrible decision by Kingsbury. I'm already, you know how I feel about Kingsbury. Yeah. <laughs> I call you King Coach King. Like, he's somebody who, <laughs> like, he he's definitely benefiting from the talent on that team, not from his coaching. And 
don't be fooled by the last score of that game. Like that game was close for a long period of time before yeah. they pulled away and before Trevor Lawrence kind of threw the, the game away. Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be a generational talent, but there's certain red flags I'm seeing where I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And it's too early to say bus, of course, but like the interception he threw on a flea flicker. I don't know if you saw that highlight where they do yeah. the flea flicker. And of course you're trying to go deep flea flicker, but if they have the deep thing covered, then you'll have like a short route that you can throw for an easy completion. And I get he had deep covers, so he throws it outside, but he throws it like, like he's in a recliner, chilling at the couch, <laughs> coming to his son while he's watching the game, like literally leans back and throws it. And he's throwing it outside the numbers. So at this point, through preseason training camp and the few games you've played, you should have learned that you can't do that in the NFL. You can't just relax and throw it like you're just playing backyard football off your back foot, going outside the numbers, 15 yards on the field. The cornerback is going to cut that off and catch it and take it to the house. That's exactly right. what happened. Like, I feel like at this point, there's certain things that he should have learned already that he's not making the progress on that I expect. And maybe that's Urban Meyer. It's just a lack of structure around him. It's something going on there where a talented kid like that, somebody who's been the number one guy since probably sixth grade, he shouldn't be making these mistakes. And for the Cardinals, though, the Cardinals, I think, are fraudulent 3-0. and Oh, I like that. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. <laughs> well, I hope they tie. That would be even better. Let them freaking tie. Uh, 49ers, yeah, we'll talk about that soon. But, yeah, Nikki, I mean, it, what can you say? All, all the rookie quarterbacks who are starting are struggling. And, again, when the Jets and the Jaguars, they picked one and two, you're going to get quarterbacks that are on bad teams. And, again, I can refer back to Peyton Manning and his rookie season. So, yeah, Damian said it right. You know, we have to see. We have to take time. But – he does not look like the quarterback that we expected. And bringing up Urban Meyer, when he said it's like we're playing Alabama every week, it's like you're just like shooting yourself in the foot right there with that statement. I really was expecting more, right? This is not this is not mm-hmm. what I thought I was going to see from Trevor Lawrence. Like I just was expecting – I mean, he was just so hyped up, right? And admittedly, like I don't know a ton about college quarterbacks. I really don't. But so especially if you're coming from that perspective, you don't know a ton. Like this guy's so hyped up. He's like, yeah, like you said, next generational talent. And I'm watching. I'm just like, all right. Like I guess he's going to need, I don't know, a lot of time. It, it just – I. Mm, I don't know. I don't want to say we were sold a bad bill of goods, but so far it's kind of looking like that. Yeah. And the so thing far, is he has weapons. Like, it's not like he doesn't have weapons. Like, he has good receivers. Yeah, you know, he, he definitely needs time to learn. There's no question about it. It's it's obvious. It's a whole nother level, and he's not on the best team or one of the best teams in college football and dominating the atmosphere. It's a whole different story now. It really is. Yo, Pops, appreciate that with the shot out over there. Yep, wish it was Wednesday every day. As long as I don't have to wake up early, that'd be pretty cool. So he's got our back over there, Pops. We appreciate it, man. We appreciate no, it. The Giants are going to beat the Saints this week. Yeah, uh, you see that? You, oh, you just touched both <laughs> their buttons right there, man. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Jerome, oh, we're going to get Jerome is from New York. He's a diehard Giants fan who's delusional. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, we shall see. Game picks are coming up. All right, we're going to breeze through these next few over here. Um, Tennessee took care of Indianapolis. Tennessee's starting to look good again. Derrick Henry's starting to look great again, Nikki. 
As long yeah. as they got him doing his thing, they get A.J. Brown back hopefully soon with Julio Jones. Tennessee's starting to look like the team we expected. Uh, yeah, they are. The, that game was painful. Like, it was. <laughs> painful to watch. <laughs> it, it was just yeah. like I, I don't I really don't know like I Carson Wentz like he was really clear and I don't understand like two still has two like sprained ankles and and I I don't know I don't know what was worse like I think I should would I rather have two sprained ankles or would I rather watch that game on repeat like that was just yeah Tennessee's looking like they're getting there but again you have to keep in mind mm-hmm. the opponent yeah, the opponent is the Colts, and that defense is just not what we thought it was going to be, Deep. We thought that would be the solid thing that was going to hold them up this year. If they were going to have a winning record and get to the playoffs, it was going to be Darius Leonard in that defense. But they're not holding up, much like Washington ain't holding up. Yeah, same story. If that defense isn't good, that team won't be good. Um, right. For me, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm hitting the panic button. Eh, eh, eh. Like I'm hitting it. <laughs> I'm letting everybody know that we're in danger. Something's going wrong right now. Like you mentioned, Carson Wentz not looking good. He's out there. Like for real. Like if he's gonna be a player like that, he should just let Easton play because this is it wasn't gonna be like you said. It was a playful game to watch. Both teams look like they're not going to meet expectations. Now somebody from that division has to make the playoffs, so I believe that'll be Tennessee. Yeah, but it's it's not looking good. AFC South may be worse than AFC East this year. Oh, music to Nikki's Music City Mural. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? That's All bold, right. bold predictions yeah. from Nathan. <laughs> bold, bold. Nikki, we went a little bold on Minnesota saying they were going to take care of Seattle. The Seahawks defense, they just That's got it. issues. And Madison ran well uh, two weeks in a row. The Seahawks have just failed. And that's what stands out to me more than anything, Nikki, is the non-halftime adjustments defensively and offensively that Pete Carroll has not made when they lost in overtime to Tennessee. And then they had the lead in halftime and blew it and could not score in the second half. And Minnesota took care of business, winning 30-17. to What's up with Seattle and their adjustments? It's just not happening. I put that more on the offensive line. It is horrid. Horrid. Like they did not score a single point after they scored, jumped out to their, you know, 17 point lead. Like that, right. like they just could not get anything going. Like that was absolutely horrible. And they've had an offensive line problem. So, yes, yeah, so I think it's adjustments, but I do think that offensive line really, really needs to be adjusted or something. Yeah. That was terrible. Yes, yes, it is. And usually Russell Wilson is able to make his magic. But again, we need an offensive line. I mean, Otherwise, you're not going to get protected, Damien. So I hear her right there. But is Pete Carroll now getting out coached? Is he starting to lose it a little bit? You would think so when you see the results. When you see how they lost Tennessee, being up with 30 to I was 13 in that game, and having Tennessee come back on them, they're not able to score anything after getting to 30 points. This game, second half, they did nothing. Like there was nothing happening at all in the second half. So you got to think that other teams are making adjustments to them. And they're not adjusting to the adjustments. And if you are going to be a quality, you have to do that. And Seattle being one and two, I think it's time for them to panic because of that division. Yeah. So the, when you think about the fact that they're now two behind the Rams, who may be the best mm-hmm. team in the league right now, two behind the Cardinals. I don't believe in the Cardinals, but they're still three and no. They're yep. a game behind San Francisco, who looks to be very good and could have easily won that game against Green Bay, which we'll get into. So Seattle is in a bad place right now. 
And I don't think they're going to get out of that bad place. Yeah, they're in a rough spot. Um, uh, Jerome is saying, no, I don't think they had the lead at the half, Jerome. I think it was 17-17. I think it was tied or very close like that. But either way, they didn't score anything in yeah, the second they jumped, half. They jumped out 17-7 and then didn't score. And they, Right, and they, they didn't score. That was it. Mm-hmm. I just the, can't have that. You can't have that, especially on a yeah. Russell, Russell Wilson-led team. But, Nikki, you're right. Offensive line, major issue over there, no doubt about it. Uh, we touched on the Monday night game already. Mike McCarthy with his clock issues. Trayvon Diggs is starting to step up at cornerback. Micah Parsons is absolutely legit. They threw the ball well. They ran the ball well. Dan Quinn has definitely improved this defense. Nikki, I know that your ears are ringing right now on fire, but <laughs> Dallas, again, Damian and I picked them to win that division, and Damian, it's it's looking pretty good for Dallas. Yeah, they definitely look like the best team in the NFC East right now. And we all three of us picked Michael Parsons for rookie of the year. It looks like that uh, defensive rookie of the year. Looks like that pick definitely is going to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas was good, man. I have given their props. Like I said, I made a horrible pick in picking Philadelphia in that game. Uh, but that defense is decent. We all know what the offense can do. So that defense is decent. This team could be legit enough to get beat in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That was good. Nice delivery right there. I love that. Nice. Eddie Murphy style. Good delivery. Excellent job nice. right there. Nikki, I know you don't want to talk about much of this game yeah. because you hate both of these teams, obviously. But um, all right, you gotta love that Philly's now getting their brains beaten and Dallas, whatever, doing their thing. I, I don't know where you want to go on this one. I'm afraid to even ask you a question about this game. Should we just move on? Let's move on. Below deck okay. is on. You got it. You got it. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Let's go to the game that went to overtime. And there's a few things I can't figure out. All right, the Las Vegas Raiders, again, 3-0. They beat Miami 31-28 in overtime. There were two field goals made back and forth. Let me go over this real quick. The Raiders came back from a 14-0 deficit early. Henry Ruggs, again, making plays. Trayvon Mullen making big plays at corner, especially down the stretch. Jacoby Brissett was making big plays down the stretch to try to keep him in the game. The fourth down rushing TD absolutely clutch. They get the two-point conversion. Mike Isecki gets a fourth and 20 catch, run for a first down. Like I said, they both kick field goals, but Derek Carr gets him down there at the end to kick the field goal that would win the game. One play, yeah, You guys say what you want about this game, Damian, but one play that sticks out in my head that is burning there and will not leave for the entire year is the fact that Jacoby Brissett threw a freaking wide receiver screen in the end zone. What? In God's name, are you thinking? What are you? I don't even care if the cornerback is playing seven yards off you. He can come up a four-year cadence and screw your whole thing up. That was a horrible play by a veteran quarterback. I couldn't believe it, D. Yeah, you got to wonder if that was audible on him in that situation because he saw the cornerback being back or if that was the play call going in. Either way, whoever did that, you're right. Like That was horrible. Um, Jacoby Brissett played well, after, you know, besides that, though, so you do have to give him yeah. credit for making some big plays in this game. And yeah. I guess with that week of per, being able to prepare for this game, uh, he was able to come in and play well. And Vegas knew they had it at three. Uh, there was, you asked that last week, how do they know, you know, to put this at three? And, you know, you would expect yep. the Raiders to be favored by more. They knew that Miami, when they could put it all together, we see the talent they have, and they could put it all together. Um, the yes. Raiders were able to pull it out, man. Um, so I think you have to give respect to the Raiders for being able to pull it out. They have weapons, like I said earlier about Derek Carr going down the field. Uh, and when you have a dynamic tight end, it opens up so much more because now you have to double cover that tight end all the time. 
and now other wide receivers are getting open. And Henry Ruggs yeah. isn't to the point yet where you're going to start guarding him the way you do Tyreek Hill. So because no. of that, he's going to have those open opportunities that maybe a Hill isn't working off of a Travis Kelsey. So with Darren Waller, I think Darren Waller and Ruggs may be the next Kelsey Ooh. and Hill. Ooh. Ooh. That's some high standards right there. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. And you're right. We said I asked you, Damian, straight up, why is the rate why the Raiders only favored three and a half? And of course they win by yeah. three. So those crazy gamblers in there who took the Raiders, oh yeah, no problem. Three and a half, they're gonna win by a touchdown, yeah. two touchdowns. Nope. Sorry. Vegas knows, yeah. just like we discussed last week, Nikki. So <laughs> Damian's right. And I picked Miami to go to the playoffs. Um and with Brissett, I still kind of feel pretty good about that. They went on the road. They played a good job. They did a good job. They have a complete team, but so do the Raiders also. In this game, did you see two teams that are really good and really playoff bound? Or what are you thinking? Are you not so high on Miami? No, I'm not so high on Miami. I saw more of the – like it was like revenge of the Raiders, right? I feel like they're still pissed <laughs> off by Miami – like dash their playoff hopes, right? Yep, sure. Um, I just you know what, like I said, I think the Raiders are are hot and they're probably gonna keep riding that hot hand. So you know, we'll, maybe we'll yeah. Well, speaking of hot hands, your boy Matthew Stafford definitely has it. He looks like the best quarterback in the league right now, and maybe yep. the best team in the league at three and oh, the LA Rams easily took care of the Tampa Bay Bucks, Damian. The Bucks couldn't run the ball. The Rams' defense stepped up. I mean, it was all L.A. in that game. Tampa never had a shot, D. No, they didn't have a shot at all. Um, I think at this stage of his career, Tommy does need that running game. Uh, he did play well. Stats look amazing. But I think he needs that running game, that balance to really, you know, thrive. But Buccaneers' secondary needs help. Like they, they picked up Richard Sherman. I saw the news this morning. They picked up Richard Sherman. So they're trying to get help. The fact that they're reaching out to Richard Sherman, who is breaking news on his podcast. Obviously, yeah. he ain't got right. it. <laughs> when you reach out to somebody who's breaking news on their podcast, that means that you reach out to people who are semi-retired. He's already <laughs> playing a retired life. <laughs> he's, he's doing what we're doing. So, it's yeah. you know, I don't know if he's going to be that much help. or He could be help. He's not going to be the amount of help they need in that secondary. So that could be a sign of things to come for them as far as not being able to stop people and having to be in these shootouts. And as great as Tom Brady is, can he win the shootouts against the Matthew Staffords of the world or against, you know, the Patrick Mahomes becomes to that against other great quarterbacks who also have weapons. It's going to, it's going to be tough, but you got to give all the credit in the world to Nikki's guy, Matthew Stafford. He balled out in this one. Like once he got in the rhythm, he started off a little slow, but once he got in the rhythm, it was pretty much over from there. Like he balled out. Cooper Cup doing his thing. Deshaun Jackson, how's he still fast? I how know, man. Still- <laughs> I know. This guy I know. is 59 years old, and he's outrunning everybody. It's ridiculous. I know. It's just it's crazy. So if he stays healthy, which is the big thing with Deshaun Jackson, if he stays healthy, he can be a helpful you know, part of that team. But the Rams, yeah. man, they look, they look really good. And you can tell that defense was motivated for that game. And it's something that's going to be definitely – you keep your eye on throughout the years, the Rams and how good they play. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nikki, let me ask you this. Let's say the game was played in Tampa Bay and not in L.A. Do you think there would have been a different outcome? No, probably not. Because like okay. you said, the secondary needs help. And Stafford is – you know what surprises me? The fact that people are surprised how well <laughs> Matt Stafford is doing uh, yeah. at the, with the Rams. Like Those people didn't watch football. 
Yes, I mean, he's, well, they, he's they didn't watch the Lions. Let's, let's, <laughs> that's true. And he's what um, Sean McVay wanted to do. Apparently, it's a very complicated playbook, and none of us really believe in Jared Goff, but um, I'm not surprised. And this Stafford to Cup, man, that is turning out to be quite a potent combo there. So yeah. I'm not surprised, and I think that. I said it before. I think that Matt Stafford is just people generally have him underrated. I think his they underrated his arm strength and his arm talent, right? It's like Aaron Rodgers and then everybody else. Well, I think you can go Aaron Rodgers one, Matt Stafford one A, really, when you want to talk about like best mm. arms in the game. So I'm not surprised. I thought this was going to happen, predicted it would happen. Um, and I'm probably going to order my Matt Stafford jersey like I texted you guys. <laughs> with the Giants. Hey, if you want that ugly ass jersey, you go right ahead. But I'm sure you would look good in it, Nikki. I have no doubt about that. But it's still an ugly jersey. <laughs> Jeez, wow. Yeah, the Rams. We're gonna we're gonna have to watch out for them. I never seen Sean McVay so happy. He's jumping around like a little. Kid. He is a little kid. I think he's only still like you know 24 years old or something like that. He's jumping around all over. He's so happy. He's hugging Stafford. Oh my god, crazy! What a bromance they got going over there. Holy Moses and Kansas City. They lost again against division rival L.A. Chargers. I don't know. It could be coming a rival with these two quarterbacks, Justin Herbert outdueling Mahomes. Mahomes throwing that that ball in the two-minute drill. I still can't figure that out. That's so unlike him yeah. throwing that interception. But uh, the Chargers, they weren't running the ball. It was 24-24, and it was fourth and four, and they were going to go for it. D, you know, they get a penalty. It's fourth and nine. They still go for it, and they freaking yeah. get it on a pass interference intended for Mike Williams. So call it luck, fine, call it whatever you want. Um, but damn, the Chiefs had four turnovers in that game. Mahomes, two picks. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Tyreek Hill both put the ball on the ground. So the Chiefs maybe beat themselves in this game, or do you give more credit to the Chargers? Um, I do have to give some credit to the Chargers because I think – teams are starting to find a way to at least slow them down, right? We're not going to let Tyreek Hill be this deep. We're playing too deep safety. We may play man, and we're going to double Tyreek. Travis Kelsey, mm -hmm. you might get your – you're going to eat. You're going to do what you do, but we know if you're going to eat, it's still going to take you time to get down that field. So if we make yeah. you do 10, 12, 14 play drives, a mistake may happen. That's what we saw in this game. Um, Mahomes, that's definitely uncharacteristic of him like to make that pick. Now, his first pick wasn't his fault, even though it was very unnecessary for him to throw a no-look pass. I think that's what, yes. <laughs> that's what, threw, up, that's what threw up the receiver. Because the receiver was wide open, and he threw the no-look pass, and the receiver was like, oh. And it came in him and his shoulder pad. Yeah. And Asante <laughs> yeah, Samuel made like, a great interception. That was a great yeah. pick by Asante Samuel Jr. That was. And it still makes me feel so old that we're saying Asante Samuel Jr. in the game. I know. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But, yeah, now the Chargers played great, man. Justin Herbert was awesome in this game. Uh, he's somebody who I think this will be a great rivalry. They're trying to make the Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes thing happen. It might be Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert for the next 10, 15 years. That might be a rivalry that we see. Yeah, I think we uh, AFC West fans may have got lucky over there, Nikki. Uh, this is definitely, I think, a rival that's up and coming on the way, could split every year. And, you know, the Chiefs are one and two. I, I'm not going to go crazy and hit the panic button, but their defense does suck. And the thing with the Chargers is they got Brandon Staley as their head coach, and he obviously has fixed that defense. 
a lot yeah. from what they had last year. That's why when you guys said the Chargers are going to the playoffs, yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Nick. Yeah, I um, too many mistakes for the char- um, not the Chargers. The Chiefs. The Chiefs, yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs. I just, uh, I was so distracted by the colors. That was just horrible. I texted you <laughs> how horrible it was to watch those two uniforms together. Like, primary <laughs> colors. Oh, my God. You know what, you know what I did like? To, just speaking of uniforms real quick, I like Cleveland's switch up on their uniforms. You know, having the outline on the numbers, it looked pretty nice. Look pretty nice. I did like the uniforms. Yeah, Cleveland yeah, I, is not yeah. known for having good uniforms, but those I do. Exactly. Exactly. It's just <laughs> shit brown. That's all it is. You know, it's yeah. orange and brown Halloween concoction of crap. But yeah, they managed to make the uniforms look pretty good this weekend. So I was surprised. Maybe that is what scared uh, Justin Fields and Matt Nagy. Who knows? All right. Let's get to our games over here. And D, we're going to go with yours first. And you had it, man. Look, New Orleans went into New England and took care of the rookie quarterback. That defense looked excellent. The offense put up points. They did what they had to do, D. That's your team, man. Nah, definitely. You know, I was got to say, who that? Say the yeah. um, Our defense looked good, man. And yeah. Mac Jones is probably playing the best out of the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, he threw three picks, but two honestly wasn't his fault. One was just crazy. The one he threw to Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith literally had the ball in his hands and stumbled and somehow tapped the ball up to Malcolm Jenkins, who got the easiest yep. pick six of his life. Uh, and then the last one was just him trying to make something happen at the end of the game. Uh, but our defense did a great job of creating pressure in different ways. So we blitzed sometimes. Sometimes we just went with four, and we always created pressure. And then the few plays where we didn't, our secondary held up. So we were able to get coverage sacks in that way. Our defense was amazing. Uh, now, our passing game, not so much, right? And when you watch the game – a lot of people are going to say, what you expect from Jameis? But you watch the game, and sometimes the broadcasters show the quarterback and then they'll show the wide receivers individually. And when you watch the replays, you see Jameis looking, going through his progressions, and no one's open. Um, so for me, I appreciate his patience because past games and past years, Jameis would have just forced it and said, oh, yeah. you know, somebody got to do something. But he's not forcing it. He's taking what is given there, and that's why he only had like 120 passing yards, something like that. But I'd rather him have 120, two touchdowns, no picks, than yes. have 303 picks. So yes. I'm not mad at that. It's not a quantum leap, so I can't do my yell like I would normally do. But he is having a good year, and I think it's going to get better. And I think our schedule sets up perfectly for our offense to get better while the defense is able to hold us down. So this week we got the Giants. I think our defense is good enough to win that game, even though our offense, you know, might not be productive. Then we had Washington. Then after Washington, we have a bye. So I think in these three weeks, we'll get Michael Thomas back after the bye, Traquan Smith back, so your top two receivers come back. Hopefully, Teron Armstead, he hurt his arm in the game. Hopefully, he'll be back. They say three six weeks. So if it's three weeks, he'll be back right after the bye. You get your whole offense together. You get in a the rhythm. Then after that bye, I think that's when you really see the best of Jameis in his offense. And I believe in Sean Payton. We haven't seen a bad Sean Payton offense. So I think eventually we'll get it together. But this defense continues to play like this. And I think that I saw a rating where right now uh, Marshawn Lattimore is rating as the best corner in the league. And we paid him like it. He got, he got paid. Yeah. He got booked off. So you know, he's, he's living up to that contract right now. So I love yeah. what I'm seeing from the Saints right now offensively. Um, I do love that Alvin Kamara is getting 20-plus carries. I've been asking Alvin Kamara to get 20-plus carries for years now. So I do love that I'm seeing that, and that's going to be our offense, running the ball, working up the play action, then going deep off of that. 
I love it. So offensively, I'm not worried. Just like, okay, let's see improvement. But I think that can happen over the next few weeks because we have a schedule set up for us to do that. Yeah, and like you said, with the defense like you have, you don't have to be so dynamic on offense to score 35 points every game. You know, they can that defense, if they can hold teams to 13, 17, 20 points a game, they're going to win a lot of ball games. So I see why you guys had New Orleans in there. Uh, Nikki, we didn't have the Giants in there or Atlanta, who somehow beat the Giants 17 to 14. Why can't the Giants score more now that Saquon Barkley is, I don't know, 85%? I don't know what you want to call it, Nikki, but I, I'm, I, I just don't understand why they can't score more, especially against Atlanta at home. Yeah, I oh because it's Jason Garrett's play calling uh, the playbooks from like 1948. Like I like what are we doing? Like this is why I can't trust an ex Cowboys head coach for God's sakes. Like I mean the offensive line is trash. Uh, like I said, Giants lead the league in receivers mo- most drop passes. They can't get anything going with Kenny Galladay. Like it's just. Evan Ingram, I mean, literally, you get paid to just drop passes. Like, you get a cool couple bill every year to just drop the most crucial passes ever. You could pay me to do that. I'll be happy to go to MetLife, get on the field, oh, drop it, collect my paycheck, and on my way. Like, I just, I I don't know. And, you know, John Mara, he's, like, kicking over the trash cans and stuff. This is on you. This is on you. Your father's rolling over in his grave. I just, I don't even know what to say anymore. It is just, it's a clown show. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Yet you want like 30 G's for these PSLs. Please. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. Wow. Daniel Jones, six picked overall a couple of years ago. How about that one? doing a little better. I'll give him that. I I don't put this loss completely on him. I'm with you. I love He's got potential. There's no doubt about it. But they certainly need a better offensive line. And, yeah, these guys got to catch the freaking ball. That's the bottom line. They, they should have scored way more than 14 points. I really can't figure that one out as I was watching it. Um, we were all watching Sunday Night Football when the Green Bay Packers, they look, they took advantage of a poor Niners secondary. The Niners couldn't run or pass in the first half. It was just a joke. Trey Lance did get a rushing touchdown. Brandon Ayuk starts off the second half getting a touchdown after an 83-yard drive. Um, with the depleted 49ers backfield, they used Kyle Juszczyk a lot, our fullback, and he even scored the go-ahead touchdown with 37 seconds left. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, shit, Aaron Rodgers, I don't care if there's no timeouts. It doesn't make a difference. He's going to get them down there in the field goal range. I just knew it. Even though I picked Green Bay, Obviously, I'm praying to God that I'm wrong. I want the 49ers to win. But Aaron Rodgers, two passes, Mason Crosby, guys basically automatic. 51-yard field goal, no problem. That game was really exciting in the second half. I'm really not mad at the Niners. I'm A lot of people said, guys, that the Niners shouldn't have scored as quickly. Don't give me that bullshit. They needed yeah. a touchdown. It wasn't a yeah. field goal. Day. They had to score, and they had to score whenever they can get the ball in the end zone. So they did the right thing. I am not mad at them. It's just that Aaron Rodgers was on the other side, and he did what he did. So the 49ers played a great game. You called that they would. They should have probably won. But, again, given that time at the end, the Aaron Rodgers does what he usually does. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is amazing. 37 seconds, no timeouts. Like, you can't. If you're the 49ers, you honestly can't really do it better than that. 37 no. seconds. Like the defense, you can make a little haggle with them. Like, why were those passes that open yeah. in that moment? Um, like, don't go pre, you definitely can't go prevent there. 
right? You have to take a chance and you know you can't get beat deep, but you also can't just allow them to make those two, like two passes, two. Yep. You got to make them make more passes than that to get to that portion of the field. Um, So I would have my, my little beef with the defensive coordinator on that. But as far as the 49ers, if I'm a fan of the San Francisco team like you are, I'm happy. I'm like, okay, we should have won this game or right there with maybe the best in the NFC if you just, uh, if you consider Green Bay that. So San Francisco fans, you should be holding your head high. And you're still in a tough division, though. So that win could have really, you know, might come to bite you back later in the year because yeah. you're in a division where, you know, everybody's going to be winning games. But San Francisco in the second half played tr- phenomenal because the first half looked like Green Bay was going to just, like, walk away with the game. Yep. Um, so you got to love that comeback. Yeah, they were up 17 nothing. I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I guess I was right about this game. And then I was so happy to be wrong at the end, Nikki, but they just took it away from me and just made me have a horrible Sunday night's sleep. It was awful. Monday morning was just miserable for me. It really was. But that's what happened. Um, look, I'm upset. They could be 3-0 and tied with Arizona and the Rams at the top of the division with Seattle at 1-2. and We play them this upcoming Sunday. Going to talk about that game. And all the games in week four. But before we do that, we have to get really seriously tricky around here. Let's go. Bring it on. Yeah. (laughs) My man in the club doing his thing. (laughs) <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dinner fight club. I'm taking D to the club, man. No doubt about it. Sure. Oh, that is a good one between the three of us. Oh, we we all know we're taking you in the fight, Nikki. Oh, yeah, yeah, Nikki. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> taking that scrappy New Jersey devil. There's no doubt about it. You know, you, we, you got our backs on the show, oh, on other I'll, shows. I'll yeah, I'll be <laughs> So it is her time. It is knowledge with Nikki time. And the category for this week is. Well, since you guys love the Manning brothers so much, we're going to do a little Manning trivia. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this should be interesting. Okay. Definitely. I, if, if I hear something like, what's Eli Manning's favorite food? We're ending the show. Yeah, it is Gotta football related. It is football okay. related. Okay. So, okay. You know. Let's get okay. it going. Yeah, it is football related. All right, so who goes first this week? Because, you know, I can't remember anything. Uh, I believe I go first. Yeah, I think D goes first. All right, I like your belief, D. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, D. What was Eli Manning's Wonderlick score? Oh, wow. Eli Manning's Wonderlick score? I'm going to say 40. Jay? I was going to say 48. I don't even know how high it goes. 39. Oh, you said 40. Damn, nice. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. I think, isn't the max like 52? Because I always hear Ryan Fitzpatrick got like 50 out of 52 or something like that. Oh, oh okay. yeah, the Harvard man. Of course. Okay. Yeah. All right. Close enough. Nice, D. Number two. In 2003, Peyton Manning played in his first NFL game in his hometown of New Orleans against the Saints. It was a primetime Sunday night game. How many touchdown passes did Peyton Manning throw that night? Uh, 2003, we weren't that good at that point. I imagine he balled out. I'm trying to think. 
I'm going to say four. Jay? Five. Six. I'll give it to Jay. Ooh. Yeah, I knew I knew he balled out against us. We weren't that good in 2003. I'm trying to remember that game. Yeah, didn't they beat them 48 to three or some crap like that? 55 to 21. Oh, oh, okay. I knew they beat their ass, but okay, 21. I didn't add that many. All right. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't the Saints' time. You guys love Manning trivia. I knew it. All right, number three. Uh, in 1999, Peyton Manning founded a charitable organization to promote the future success of disadvantaged youth. What is the name of that organization? Oh, uh, Boy to Manning. Oh, yeah. I like that. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking like Peyton's path to success. Something weird like that. Well, no. It is called the Payback Foundation, but P-A-Y. P-E-Y? Ah, okay. Sneaky. All right. (laughs) You started it early. You was getting that thing going. Okay. All right. Number four. Eli Manning's 4,895 regular season career completions went to how many different receivers? Oh, wow. How many different receivers? Giants had a lot of receivers during this time. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 90. Jay, I think he may be a little bit over. I'm gonna say 79. 97. Oh, okay. And you know who number one is? OBJ. So he wants to bitch you didn't get the ball, but you obviously <laughs> He got it all right. He definitely got the ball, yeah. All right. Good job, D. Nice. Very nice. Two to one lead. Yes. Jay, you ready? No, but let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. In 2004, Peyton Manning set a new NFL record when he threw for 49 touchdown passes during the season. What Colts caught the 49th pass? Oh, Austin Collie. No. Oh, man. What was that tight end's name they had during that time? I'm not telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, I'm trying to remember that dude's name. Uh, Number 44. (laughs) Yep, I can't can't remember the name. Uh, I'm going to go with Edrin James. Brandon Stokely. Oh, I knew it was one of them little white guys. Oh, I knew it was a little white guy. I knew it. I knew it. That's why I said Austin Collie. I knew it was one of them. I swear to God. You were thinking of uh, Dallas Clark, Damien. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, Nikki. Give me an easy one. Come on. Oh, okay. All right. 2000, <laughs> 2011, Eli Manning averages how many passing yards per game? Two hundred and seventy-eight. No. See. Hmm. That's, that's a good guess. Two thousand eleven. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna say two ninety-five. Three oh eight. Three oh eight. All right. So he was in the three. All right. Okay. You got a little luck. <laughs> we see you, Eli. <laughs> 
All right, number three. In yes. 2000, Peyton Manning played in his first ever Monday night football game. He threw for a new team record of 440 yards in a 43-14 to 14 blowout. What team did the Colts beat that night? The Jets came to mind immediately. <laughs> no. D? No. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say the Jaguars. Yes. That's <laughs> <a good one. laughs> I know you guys do this behind my back. Now. <laughs> There's no way, D, that you are this accurate. You are the smartest person that's ever lived. That is a fact. <laughs> how do you get these questions? I don't even understand how um, it's possible that you do this. I don't I'm get not it. The, I'm not the smartest. I might be the luckiest. <laughs> whatever man what is when you know preparation and opportunity meet and you freaking smash it bro damn uh, you give right, me too much more. credit but i appreciate it <laughs> one more for you jay all right how many touchdown passes does eli manning have in the fourth quarter in his career in the fourth quarter yeah um that's a really good question let me think about this for a minute Um, 64. No. I'm going to say 100. 113. Oh, that is still pretty close, D. That's still pretty, pretty close. close. Not close enough for a point, but pretty close. Freaking Rain Man over here. Unbelievable. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a high number. I knew she picked that stat for a reason. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I should have known better. <laughs> Me and my 278 yards, God. All right, way to go, D. Way to go. You keep the title again for three years in a row now. I think it's been going on. Yeah. That's Way to go. What did you get last week? The leaf peeping? Or you got something random last week about a tree? He always gets something <laughs> random about something because he's got things in his head. He's just, he's like a sponge. He's like, again, he doesn't forget things. He's got a photographic memory, this guy. Unbelievable. Congratulations, my friend. You kicked my ass again. Way to go. Way to go. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Great trivia again, Nikki. Good stuff, Nikki. Absolutely. We kept it on the field this time. All right. We didn't have to go to like oak and maple trees and have your mom, you know, have, telling us all this stuff over here. So nice job. I like it. Way to go, Nick. Way to go. Maybe next week I'll get date. I'm going to have to study for something. I don't know. Nikki, maybe, well, maybe Nikki and I can have those backdoor conversations. You know, <laughs> I hope you really don't think that happens because it does. Of, of course not. I'm just busting you guys. You know, I don't know. Right. I feel like you. But the thing is, she if I was getting that, she definitely took it away after all Eli slandered I do. So Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. No, of course I don't think that. Not in a million years. I just know that D is better than me, and that's the bottom line. That's yeah, it. What were your SAT scores? God. Yeah, uh, right. We took, the, we took the ACT uh down in Louisiana. And I think the what's the high you can get on that? I think the high was 26. Yeah, yeah, right? 24 or 26, something like that. Yeah, I did okay, but I'm much better when it comes to sport, knowing sports stuff than I am regular stuff, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> you got the knowledge, man. You definitely do. Knowledge with Nikki has definitely seeped into your brain. There's no question about it. <laughs> Let's see if we get some prop bets going this week, all right? We got a freaky fantasy football draft coming up, and then we're going to make our week four picks. But my first one of the week, going to the game of the week on Sunday Night Football, where Tom Brady comes back to Foxborough, and I wonder if they're going to do anything, you know, with Bill Belichick on the sideline. I mean, they should have something for Brady 
they should they, they have to. I mean, how could you not? That's not where I'm going with my with my prop bets, but that would be a prop bet. Like they're gonna have something for Brady. I mean, you just have to yeah. do it. You can't wait till he retires. He's coming back to Foxborough, pay him a tribute. He won you six or seven Super Bowls, whatever the hell it was. But my top prop bet for the week out of the four of them is that Mac Jones will have more passing yards than Tom Brady in that contest. What do you think about that, D? I think you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're crazy. Uh, you Mac Jones has been, has been decent, but it's been decent because he makes good decisions. He doesn't force it. I, I think Tom Brady's going to come in there and throw for a million yards. Like he I think he's, def- he's going to put his foot on the Patriots' neck. He's going to want to. He's yeah. going to want to. <laughs> I don't know. Bill Belichick always takes away somebody. Maybe he'll just take Tom Brady out and just have like all 11 guys blitz and just ruin that 44 year old body of his. I don't know. We'll see what happens. He's definitely going to try to get into his mad scientist bag for this one, but I just oh, don't yeah. think they have enough. And Tom Brady coming off a loss. Yeah, it's it's not going to look good for the Patriots, I don't think. <laughs> maybe not. Well, if, if uh, the Patriots get behind enough, then maybe Mac Jones does get 350 yards. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But that's one for me. Nikki, what do you got? Uh, so Seattle, um, I like Seattle here at plus three. So Russell Wilson is 20, 11 and two 65% against the spread as a road underdog and 26, 14 and four 65%, um, which is right where he is now. So I think I like Seattle at, yeah. What is the line? Plus three. All right. That game is in San Francisco, so they're only getting a home field advantage, three points right there. And you got to wonder because San Fran's been looking really good and Seattle's looked like crap, you know, especially the past couple of weeks. So, again, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. All right. They know something, yeah. They know their stuff. So does D. What do you got for a prop bet? So, for my prop bet, uh, in the Bengals and Jaguars game, this wonderful Thursday night game that we have. Yeah. Um, you can pick somebody who you think is going to score throughout the game. I think Jamar Chase is an easy bet there to pick to score in the game. He's been just balling since the regular season started. And against that Jaguars defense, I can see him getting at least one touchdown in that one. He's looking good in that number one uniform. I can definitely yeah. see that also. Yeah, they're going. And when he's getting his touchdowns, they're throwing it way down the field to him also. So that the man's got wheels. And uh, it looks like they may have made the right draft pick. Maybe they did. Yeah. We'll see. As uh, the Lions got Penny Sewell, where a lot of us thought that that's where he was going to be going to Cincinnati to help protect. But all right. All right. Let's see. Here's my next one. This one's a real big one. And, Damien, you're definitely going to think I'm crazy for this. But I believe that the Vikings defense will hold the Browns to under team-wise 100 rushing yards. So that's between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I believe the Vikings defense is going to stack the box. They're going to go after those guys and not allow them to beat them with their bread and butter, which is the run. Do you see that even being possible, Damien? I think you took a drink of the crazy juice before we started the segment. <laughs> yeah, we came back from halftime. And what happened? Yeah, I think I, I scored Lance right last week. I said he would score a touchdown. That's the only thing I can hang my hat on. You did. You did. Um, for mine last week, I was close on Matthew Stafford. I think he had the third most passing yards um, behind Brady and Josh Allen. I was pretty close on that one. But yeah. Yeah, I can't see Vikings holding both of those guys under 100 because no. even the Bears, like the I made fun on my podcast. I made fun of the gambling degenerate I was talking about earlier. One of his bets that he made, he dropped like $300 on it, too. I was like, what are you doing? Uh, he made a bet that Nick Chubb would get 100 rushing yards against the Bears. I'm like, as bad as the Bears are, the one thing they don't do is just give up 100-yard rushes all willy-nilly. 
Like that's yeah. the one thing you don't bet. It, like you wouldn't make that bet. Um, but I think with the Vikings, they've been the opposite of the Bears the past this last year and so far this year as far as with their defense. So I have to go against that one. I think that between Hunt and Chubb, they definitely get over 100 yards. All right. We shall see. We shall see. I think they put eight men in the box, seven, whatever it's going to be. That's what I think their game plan is going to be to try to stop them, Nikki. But what do you got for your next one? Okay. My next one, Detroit, Chicago, first team to 15 points. I like Detroit. Oh, all right. So we're talking real low scoring game over here. How about that? A little prelude to the week four action that we got going on. Okay. All right, D. What do you got next? Uh, So for my next one, every week you can pick, you know, the most passing yards and uh, who will have most passing yards in the league or who will do their thing. So for me, for this week, for most passing yards, like I said, I was real close last week on Matthew Stafford. This week, I got to go with Josh Allen against the Houston Texans. I think he's going to fall out. I see him having the most passing yards in the league. All right. I dig that. I dig it. You want to call it a safe bet? I don't know. Nothing is really safe in the NFL, but I definitely oh, yeah. like that. That can make a lot of sense right there. That makes a lot. I was thinking about who may throw for the most yards, and that Joe Burrow came into my head because of that Thursday night game, but T. Higgins is not going to be there, so I don't know. We'll yeah. see. All right, my next one, um, I think this one's going to happen. I think uh, on Monday Night Football when we see Derek Carr against Justin Herbert that they will combine – for at least 800 passing yards. That's what I think Ooh. is going to happen. They're going to be throwing the ball all over the place. There's not going to be a lot of running. We know they throw the ball out to Austin Eckler. Josh Jacobs not healthy. Kenyon Drake likes to get the ball out of the backfield a little bit more. So I don't see a lot of running. I see a whole lot of passing and a whole lot of scoring. So I think they combine for 800 yards, um, whether it's 450 here and 350 there, whatever it's going to be. I believe they combine for that. So that's my Monday night action. Nikki, what do you got next? Um, I have, all right, Houston, Buffalo, uh, right now they're saying combined score for 48 points. I am taking the over on that. Oh, okay. All right. Do you think that Buffalo is going to score 48 by themselves? No, combined. No, I know. Speaking of junk. Here's the Davis Mills and the way that no, they're the off. The Texans can score. Listen, the Buffalo's, defense, Buffalo's defense, like some weeks it shows up, and then some weeks it's like that's true. They have been inconsistent. Yeah, you, know, you don't know. Yeah. Well, the last two weeks they look pretty damn good. I mean, they shut out Miami, and then they let Washington score a couple of crappy touchdowns that really didn't make a difference. But all right, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, uh, D, let's get your third one. So for my third one, I don't understand why this line is so close. Uh, Green Bay's favored by six and a half over the Steelers. I think they whooped the Steelers. So I got green. I'm thinking Green Bay wins that by more than six and a half, probably good 14, 17 points. So this is what you see. I'm with you. I think that they're going to beat them, you know, by at least 10, something like that. But when you see that number six and a half, it's like, oh, Green Bay will win by a touchdown. No problem. Seven points. That's where they freaking get you again. Again, so I don't know the tricks they need yeah. over here. You know, they're pulling tricky Nikki Giss sort of stuff. I don't know what's going on. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the line, they, they do it for a reason. And, the house wins. We all know it. I've been to Vegas and I got my ass kicked. Atlantic City, I got freaking dumped on. But I do have a real good story. I'll, I'll tell it really fast. I lost like all my money. I make a phone call to home. I'm like, did I get that check in the mail yet? Yeah, you got the check in the mail. Bam, let's go right back down to the blackjack table. $400 in 20 minutes. I'm like, I got my money back. I'm freaking out of here. It was absolutely awesome. I was an ultimate wow. high that whole entire night. And it was like four o'clock in the morning too. I didn't give a shit. It was great. <laughs> anyway, who can be great this weekend? 
I, we talked about that Washington defense and or the lack thereof. I don't know what the hell's going on, but I think Chase Young will get his stuff together this weekend against Atlanta, and he'll have three sacks uh, on Matt Ryan. So I think that they show up Washington's defense, especially Chase Young, who's getting pissed off right now, and he's going to take it out on Matt Ryan. So I like that bet right there. That might be my favorite bet out of the four that I have because some of them are kind of crazy, as you guys pointed out. So I'll go with that. <laughs> what else you got, Nikki? What's your last one? Um, I like the Cowboys to win by more than the four and a half since uh, Panthers don't have McCaffrey. Um, mm. You know, I think they're going to depend a little bit more on Sam Darnold and Dallas can generate a pass rush. So I like Dallas here. Four and a half Dallas. And are they, aren't they homes? I got to check if they're home this week, Dallas against Carolina. Um, yeah, yeah, they're home. It's only four and a half points. I got the game close. We're going to go over that in a little bit, but all right, four, that's interesting. Okay. Okay. I know they're not Philly, but all right, we'll see. All right, D, what else you got? What's your last one? Uh, anytime I see the Jets, I'm taking I'm taking the other team. Uh, the Tennessee Titans right now on FanDuel are favored by seven. I got to think the Tennessee wins by more than seven against the Jets, so I'm taking that one. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so also. We'll see if the Jets can put up any points this weekend. Oh, man, speaking of points – Freaky fantasy football draft. Damien, you scored the most points so far out of three weeks that we had. I won the first two weeks. You have taken over that title. I took over your week uh, <laughs> ranking title. You're taking over mine right now. 134 points. You had Stafford and Cup. That's where a lot of it came from, man. Awesome job right there. Um, I was behind you 100.5 points. I can't. I think Denver's defense got me a whole bunch of points. Of course, they shut out the Jets. And Nikki, you just got screwed again. But Raheem Mostert, week one. Now it's Christian McCaffrey. Had to rely on Sam Darnold to do everything else for you. So I know you finished in third, but it's okay. I know the comebacks are coming. They're coming. All right. So we can start it this week with Freaky Fantasy Football Draft. Here we go. Week four picks. Damian, you won, which means you go first. Ooh. I was not prepared to go first. Uh, but this week I'm going with Tom Brady in his revenge game against the Patriots I think he's going to try to like just really just put the nail in the coffin of Bill Belichick he's going to try to put his foot on his neck and really rub it in like you thought I was done it wasn't me (laughs) around me I'm about to show you that I still got it and I'm about to ball out in this one on Sunday Night Football I'm balling out on you so I got Tom Brady yeah, he uh, uh, he knows that stadium probably better than anybody that's on the other sideline. There's no doubt about it. He knows which way the wind blows and, you know, which way the girls are kissing from and all that sort of stuff. He knows everything. <laughs> he knows it all. All right. So we're going Brady, having a big game over there. Let me see who I want to take my first pick. I would like to take – let me see. I might go a little off over here. But with what I've seen from the Bears' defense so far – no, 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 no. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, who's Cleveland got this week? They're playing the Vikings. I know they're, I'm, like I said, I don't think they're going to be running a lot. So you know what? I'm going to take a tight end first. I'm going to take Austin Hooper. I know it's a weird first pick, but I'm going to go with Austin Hooper. I think that he has a pretty big day along with one other player, I probably shouldn't even mention anything because Nikki's got two picks in a row right now. Let's see what she's going to do. Oh my God, I need to win. So I'm going to take Derrick Henry now against the <laughs> Right now. <laughs> Great pick. Uh, and uh, 
I'm going to take my boy Joe Burrow. Oh, son of a gun. I knew I should have took him first. I was thinking <laughs> All right, you guys have won enough, all right? Give, give me some. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully no injuries this weekend, all right, so you can stay afloat. Yeah. All right. He's a death, apparently. <laughs> Burrow, he was one of mine. You know what? I'm not going to waste any time. Damien, you talked about it earlier against the Houston defense. Give me Josh Allen. Yeah. I ain't playing around. I ain't playing. <laughs> now you got two picks. You have Brady with your quarterback. You get two picks right now, my friend. So Nikki mentioned Haterade earlier. Yeah. Uh, my flavor is lemonade, and I'm about to drink it right now and block a combo platter. I probably you probably were thinking about it. I'm taking Jamar Chase, <laughs> wide receiver. I was thinking about it. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I had no. to drink Haterade. I had to drink Haterade on you right there. And I'm gonna go ahead and take my defense now. I really like the Saints against the Giants. Yeah, I have. Sure you do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Yeah, right. Who doesn't like that pick right there? All right, so Brady, Chase, and the Saints. Damn, uh, I had Chase on my list also. So obviously, mm. I can't take him. So let me go ahead and take Josh Allen's big dog, Stefan Diggs. That's what oh, we'll have to receive. He's, he's due for a big game. Yep. If you lose, you get to pick all your people first. All <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? We'll reverse that. Next, that's what we're going to do. If you come in last place, you get to pick all you. No, we're not doing that. Sorry. <laughs> not going to happen. happen. Sorry. I have to step it up, girl. Although, last year, you did have the loser go first. I will just say. You did change the rules when you won. Oh, I'm old. I can't. Why don't you remind me of this stuff when you guys are having your backdoor conversation? Just, <laughs> you got to tell Jay his old ass that the loser goes for it. Okay. All right. I got to get it together. All right. You know. Gray right. in the beard. Gray yeah, in the right. beard. I'm not showing my wisdom. I'm showing my age. That's what's happening right now. All right. What a Ooh. hot mess I am. Jeez. All right, Nikki, you got Burrow and Henry. Now you get to make two picks. Try to stick it to us. What do you got? Oh, man. I don't know if I can. Um, damn, I took two. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on one second. I just want to see. Don't make me play the was... Jeopardy music. One <laughs> <laughs> second. My gosh. I'm playing. Take rough, your time. Take your time. Music. Take your time. Hurry up! Let's go! <laughs> Wait a minute. I can't find what I was looking for. Where's the schedule? You're looking for a wide receiver, a tight end, or a defense. No, I know. I just uh, I had something else in mind. Okay, so where's the link? Let me take let me take Denver's defense. Ah, okay. Okay. And let me take uh yeah, me. No, I don't. Yeah, okay. Let me take Calvin Ridley. All right. Yeah, he didn't help me out. Uh, help me out too much uh, last week, but um, hopefully he'll do some good things for you. All right, my fourth pick. I got Josh Allen with Stefan Diggs, and I drafted Austin Hooper with my first pick, which I'm sure I'm going to regret later on. But I did it anyway. What's said is done. It's done. Said. So let's move on to running back or defense. Let me take. Yeah, I had the Saints defense on there also. I'm going Bill. You know what? I'm going Bills crazy. I'm, I'm taking the Bills defense against Houston. Yeah, if it's not Tyrod, then yeah, I'll definitely like that pick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not sure if he's going to play and how healthy he is and stuff. So, yep, the Bills defense has been looking good the past couple of weeks. So, I'll I'll take them. D, you got Brady, Chase, and the Saints defense. You get to close your picks out. You got two in a row right here, bro. Okay, so for my tight end, I'm going to take Jawan Johnson. He's a tight end for the Saints. 
Okay. I always hear uh, Nikki complain about how they can't guard tight ends, so I'm going to take her advice. (laughs) (laughs) I think he has a good game. And for my running back, I am going to take – let me get – let me get Clyde Edwards-Alaire against the mm. Eagles. Okay. Yeah, he's been playing better. He's been showing yeah. up. All right. All right. Just got to make sure he's not fumbling the ball. He did a couple of weeks in a row. But other than that, yeah. I like him. Yeah, I, I drafted him on one of my fantasy teams. You know, I want better out of him. And I expect more. And, you know, I think that they're going to get more out of him. He's a really good player. They need to use him a little bit more. All right. Um, my last pick is going to be my running back. And I think that I'm going to go with this week – you know, the Chiefs' defense sucks, and I know that Philly has not been doing well on offense, but I like Miles Sanders a lot. I mentioned it earlier. I think you this might think, be a really good game for him. You would think they would come back this week and overcompensate and give him, like, 30 carries. Yeah, right, right. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking this is the week for him. Like you said, yeah. like, Diggs, he's due for a big week. I feel like Miles Sanders is due against, you know, the Kansas City defense. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, all that, so – yeah, I think that he'll touch the ball like 20, 25 times, something like that. So that'll round out my team. Nikki, you got Burrow, Henry, Ridley, Denver. You need a tight end. I do need a tight end, don't I? Um, let's see. Yeah, go ahead. Give me give me Darren Waller. Mm, okay. So we'll have to wait till Monday night, probably freaking midnight for us. For Damien, it's still <laughs> going to be like 4.30 in the afternoon to find out who actually <laughs> all right so let's go over it real quick Damien who holds the title as we speak 134.3 points last week he's got Brady Clyde Edwards Hilaire Jamar Chase Jawan Johnson is it is that his first name yeah Jawan okay and the Saints defense going against Nikki's Giants Nikki has Joe Burrow not messing around Chris Henry um did I just say Chris Henry I meant Derek Henry thank you Calvin Ridley (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Waller and Denver defense. I got Josh Allen going along with Stefan Diggs. Miles Sanders, I hope, has a big game uh, for Philly. Austin Hooper's my tight end. And the Bills defense. So I'm pretty heavy on the Bills this week as we get ready to make our picks. So, Damian, right now you got the title. Nikki and I are going to try to take it away from you. I have the title for the weekly picks at the moment. D, you won the first two. I got this week. Let's see between the three of us who's going to take it home now. We ready to go for our week four picks? Yes, sir. All right. Well, let's get this bad boy going over here. All right. Let me write our names in here. Don't forget. Here we go. First game, Thursday night game, as Damien alluded to. What a game. We can't freaking <laughs> wait to see in Jaguars and Bengals. That's what they do on Thursday night. They're like, oh, well, they're probably going to watch football anyway, so let's just take the shittiest teams we can find and throw them <laughs> in there. Exactly what they do. So that's what they did. Jags, Bengals. Damien, what happens? Uh, clank, clank. My first wow. time ever locking the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I got the <laughs> taking the Bengals over the Jaguars. I'm going to go 28 to 14. 28 4. That's a nice, comfortable lead, so I can understand why you locked it mm-hmm. in there. Nikki, are you going to follow? I am, and I am locking Cincinnati in here as well. Cincinnati 26, Jacksonville 19. Okay. All right. I also have Cincinnati in this game. I do fear in a little way that it might be a little bit closer. I got a 27-21. I'm not going to lock it, but I definitely like Cincinnati. I'm with you guys. Next game, we talked about it before, those poor New York Jets. It don't matter if they're playing in New Jersey, New York, in New Orleans, in New England, in regular England, London. I don't care where the freak they're playing. (laughs) 
The Titans are going to beat them, and I'm going to lock it in right away, 36-16 over the Jets. I got Tennessee. Who you got, Damian? Clank, clank. Lock uh-huh. it in. <laughs> uh, Tennessee, you might as well mark me down to lock it against the Jets the rest of the year, um, except for the Atlanta game. I can't ever lock Atlanta. But <laughs> for this game, Tennessee, lock it in. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 33 to 13. Okay, so nice and comfortable lead. We're pretty close on that score. What do you got, Nikki? Oh, yeah, I'm locking this in. Tennessee, 30, Jets, 20. All right, Jets. Oh, so the Jets are going to be on the show next week. They're going to get more than 10 points. I don't think Tennessee's defense is all that great. It's not. It's not. No, they're not. Uh, that is that is definitely true. They have to improve, especially on the back end. There's no doubt about it. And try to apply some pressure. That'd be nice once in a while. All right, Kansas City's going on the road to Philly. I talked about this. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, but I can't see Kansas City going one and three, guys. I, I got them winning this game 31-23. Again, I don't love their defense, but their offense should definitely put up enough points. I'm afraid to lock it because they are on the road in Philly, but I still like the Chiefs a lot, Damian. Yeah, I like the Chiefs a lot as well. I'm going to go Kansas City, 30, Philly, 20. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we got really close scores on that one. What do you got, Nikki? Uh, I have Kansas City, 34, Philly, 21. Okay. All right. So, yep, we all agree that points will be scored in this game, but more of them by the Kansas City Chiefs, who definitely need a win if they want to keep pace in this division. Two three and teams, Denver and the Raiders. Who would have thought that was going to happen? Moving on to another three and team, the Carolina Panthers, who are like my Cleveland Browns from last year. Even though I don't have them in the playoffs, I say they would improve, but they got their probably their biggest test so far. No offense to New Orleans, but they're on the road against the Cowboys this week. Nikki, what do you think happens in this game? Um, actually, Carolina has won their past two meetings, but without McCaffrey. Just don't know that they can do it. Unfortunately, I have Dallas 28, Carolina 24. Okay. So Nikki's got Dallas, and it pains her to say it. Damien, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go Dallas over Carolina as well in a close one. I'm going to go 21-17, a little more defensive. Yeah, I, I got it close also. Carolina's got a very, very good defense. Um, You know, loss of J.C. Horn definitely hurts. Let's see yeah. what C.J. Henderson does. But I also got Dallas not locking it. I got it as a close game like you guys, 23-18. So I think it'll be a tough game, but I think Dallas pulls it out. They're uh, they got a lot of firepower on offense, and their defense has certainly got better, no doubt. All right, um, yeah, we're just going in order over here, and here it comes. It just popped up. <laughs> here we go. Giants go to the Saints. Oh my goodness in heaven! Let me just pick it first, so you guys can you know you scratch your heads and beat each other after it. I don't know how the Saints lose this game. The Giants have shown nothing yet. The Saints, I know that is been like a kind of like a week-to-week sort of thing but I'm very impressed by them going into New England I know it was a rookie quarterback and all I get it but they should be able to win this game on their defense alone I got a 25-13 in favor of Damien's New Orleans Saints Damien what do you say so this is just unfair to the Giants because this is the first game in New Orleans with fans since 2019 imagine how that stadium is going to be how loud it's going to be, the atmosphere there. Uh, it's just set up for a blowout, honestly. Um, but I don't think it's going to be crazy bad, but I definitely got the Saints winning pretty easily. Clank, clank, lock it in. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm going oh. with the Saints 30 to, I'm going to say 30 to 15. 30 to 15. All right, Nikki bringing that bad karma on you. You got to watch out over there. Here we go. <laughs> 
Nikki, do your Giants have a chance in this game in New Orleans? Knock, knock. Who's there? 0-4. Seattle. Oh, not Seattle. Wow, looking at the wrong game. New Orleans, 27, Giants, 16. All right, we got pretty close scores on that one also. All right, so we're all on New Orleans. Damien's got his three locks in there already, Cincinnati, Tennessee, and he just picked New Orleans. Let's go to the next game where I think this one will be very, very interesting. The Browns take on the Vikings in Minnesota. Damien, let's start with you. I'm going with the Browns on this one, but I do think it'll be a close game. I'm going Browns 28, Minnesota 26. Oh, okay, nice. Very close. Very close points being scored. Nikki, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I have Cleveland 33, Minnesota 28. Okay, I think Minnesota's going to start getting their stuff together, guys. It's going to be a really close game. I think they pull it out 27-24, so I'm going to go against you guys over here. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna take I like the upset pick, though. I'm not mad at the upset pick. All right, it can happen. They're at home. Talk about crowd noise. Let's see if Baker Mayfield can handle it. If he falls on the floor and smashes his hands against the turf, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. Next game. Let me just break it down for you guys. The Lions are going to beat the Bears. I don't care who the hell is playing quarterback for Chicago. Matt Nagy is the head coach. They're not going to win. The Lions are going to get a win. They've been creeping around a win for all three weeks now. They're going to get one. I like the upset in Chicago, 22-19. to They win by a field goal. I got the Lions. Who you got, Nikki? I have the same exact score you do at Detroit 22, Chicago 19. How but you see the great minds think alike. I we didn't even it. have our backdoor talk. I know <laughs> it's mental telepathy. That's what it is. That's what's going on. We know each other so well. Damien, are you down with the upset also, or do you think one of the three quarterbacks in Chicago could take care of it? <laughs> no, I'm definitely not going with a three-headed monster. Uh, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with Detroit as well, make it a trifecta on the upset. I got Detroit, oh, I'm gonna go 21-17. Okay, we all got it. We all got it close, and we all got Detroit winning. Okay, I didn't. I didn't see that coming. I think that was going to happen. All right, excellent. Next game, Nikki, the Texans versus the Bills. We have talked about it. It's in Buffalo. We're not sure who's going to be playing uh, quarterback for the Texans. If it's Ty- Tyrod Taylor, could be a closer game. Could be a game. What do you think is going to happen? Uh yeah, I'm locking Buffalo in for this one. Think Buffalo is going to score like forty points, and Houston <laughs> in like twenty. <laughs> okay. All right. There you go. So they're going to double them up over there. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I'm also going to lock up the Bills. Uh, I've been talking about them, freaky fantasy draft, everything. Josh Allen. So have to do it. Uh, 34 to 6, blowing them out. 34 to 6. Damien, what do you got? Um, I got Buffalo winning pretty easily as well. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 35 to 17. Okay. All right. So giving Houston a little bit of credit, maybe Tyrod Taylor comes out and does this thing. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bills are starting to get back to where we thought they were going to be. Damien's uh, Super Bowl team against my 49ers. I would still love to see that happen, except with the outcome being different than what you said. <laughs> Let's go to the Colts-Dolphins over here. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, the Colts are dying for a win right now, guys. And the Dolphins are with Jacoby Brissett. And they have a very complete team, as Damien alluded to earlier in the show. This is a tough game, I really think. It's in yeah. Miami. Damien, what do you think happens here? I'm going with the upset. I'm going with the Colts in this one just out of desperation. Uh-huh. Right? Like they can't go on for uh, Miami has been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So I can see the Colts winning this one, that defense kind of waking up in this one. So I'm going to go Colts 24 to 21. 
Okay, I'm, I'm piggybacking right off you. You got 24-21. I got 23-20, the upset India, for the exact same reason that you said. They are desperate. Like we talked about with Minnesota last week, uh, you and I, Nikki, they were desperate. for When teams get desperate, they just fight tooth and nail, you scratch, claw, whatever it is. So I agree. I think that they you know, pull out the upset. I don't know how big of an upset you want to call it, but, um, yeah, I think they go on the road and, and they get the win. Uh, Nikki, what do you think happens? Yeah, I don't know that this is really an upset, but I have the Colts 26, Miami 23. Okay. Yeah, it's, so only, like a, yeah, it's only like a one-and-a-half point spread for Miami, mm-hmm. I believe. So yeah. not a major upset. Yeah. And that makes it one-and-a-half points at home against a team who hasn't won a game yet this year. Uh, who's yeah. got three broken ankles of the quarterbacks? <laughs> I don't know. Weird. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, next game, we have the Washington, no freaking name. Get it together and get a name already, my God. Even the Cleveland <laughs> Indians, who won't be the Indians anymore, got a new name. They're the Guardians. I may not like it. I like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a pretty cool freaking movie, but a step aside. I digress, like Stephen A. Smith. Washington versus the Falcons, a game that nobody wants to watch, okay? But I think that Washington will win. I like Taylor Heineke a little bit, and this is not Buffalo's defense. This is Atlanta's defense. So I think Washington goes on the road and actually gets a win, 24-17, Damian. Yeah, I'm with there. I'm right there with you. I got Washington winning as well. I like T. Henney. You know, I like that nickname. Uh, so I'm going with T. Henney and crew to win. I'm going to say I'm gonna say 20 to 14. 20 to 14. Okay. Not bad, but a, a win is a win. What do you think, Nikki? Who wins this one? I'm actually going the other way. I'm going to take Atlanta here. Uh, Washington has allowed 30.7 points per game, and defense is not what I thought it would be. I don't know that they can cover uh, Ridley, so I have Atlanta 21, Washington 18. Okay. All right. So, Nikki going solo on that one, the Lone Ranger over here, no doubt. Okay. Uh, We get to my game over here, the 49ers, who, again, coming off that terrible loss, no need to go through it again. Playing the Seahawks, they will play him again later in the year. We're talking about Seattle earlier in the show. What's up with the offensive line? What's going on with the halftime adjustments, all that? The 49ers made great halftime adjustments since Green Bay. I suspect they'll do the same thing against Seattle. I think the 49ers will win this game. A lot of times when it's Seattle in San Fran, I like Seattle. But the 49ers look like a better, more complete team all the way around, even with a depleted running back system. I get it. So I'm going to take San Fran 29-23. What do you got, Nikki? Oh, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> like toss this game up all day in my head. Um, I know they swept them last year. It's probably not going to happen again. So let me see. Let me go. I don't know. I think maybe Rush just puts on a show, but I think this is going to be close. Um, let me go Seattle 28, San Fran 27. Well, that would be a game that a lot of people would like to see if that ends up being the score. That would be very interesting. Damien, you're going against your Super Bowl team and your friend over here. All right. <laughs> what are you going to do, my man? Uh, I'm going to go with San Fran in this one. Seattle, I think it's going to be it's going to be a big story this week that they're one and three. Yeah. So I'm going with San Francisco to win this one. I don't trust Seattle's offense to do much against that defense. So I'm going San Francisco 23 to 17. All right. And, Nikki, it's a good thing we didn't pick Russell Wilson as our MVP this year. It wouldn't be looking good right now. (laughs) It looked good last year for about eight weeks. It did look pretty good. All right, moving on to the next game. We have another division arrival like the Seahawks and the 49ers. The other two teams, 3-0, both of them, Cardinals at the L.A. Rams. Nikki, 
Take it away. Matthew Stafford's your guy. Who wins this game? Is this the game of the week? Two, three, and O teams. It probably should be. Yeah. yeah. Unless, I mean, look, look Patriots and, and Buccaneers, you know, Brady going back. That's but other than that, attention, yeah. I, I would agree with you. Game wise, this might, might be the best game. Yeah, no, I think we're definitely in for a shootout. Um, but I've got the Rams 34, Arizona 31. Okay. Going with your Rams to go 4-0 and and put the Cardinals to 3-1. and Damian, do you agree? I think the Cardinals get exposed as the frauds they are this week. I'm going with the Rams 34, Cardinals 13. Oh, wow. Out. Yes, okay. blowout. Wow. I, don't, I don't trust the Cardinals at all. You know, I, I don't like Kingsbury and his glasses. So I'm <laughs> going with the Rams to blow out the Cardinals this week. All right. All right. Uh, look, we're, we're all on the Rams, no doubt. And uh, I don't know if it's a blowout, but it's definitely a comfortable win. I think I got the Rams 33, Arizona 21. They're at home. They're a better team. I think Kyler Murray is definitely going to have issues this game. He's not going to be thrown for 400 yards. I guarantee you that will not be happening. So he's going to get a little dose of his own medicine over there. So we're all on the Rams this week. Next game is something we talked about. Why is the Packers only favored six and a half? I don't know, but I think they're going to win by a whole lot, just like D said. But Vegas right now is telling me, no, they're going to win by a field goal if you're lucky. But you know what? I got Green Bay 30, Pittsburgh 13. Pittsburgh can't do a damn thing, and I'm locking in Green Bay for the week, Damian. Mm, I like it. I would use it if I had an extra lock right now. (laughs) I'm going to go with Green Bay in this one as well. Uh, I still respect Pittsburgh's defense, so I'm going to go Green Bay 24, but I don't respect that offense. I'm going to go Green Bay 24, Pittsburgh 10. Yeah, I, that's the thing, Nikki. It's like, you know, Green Bay's defense looked good for a while, especially in that first half. We know they had their issues, but Pittsburgh's offensive issues are just a lot worse than Green Bay's defensive issues at this point. So that's why me and D are on Green Bay. Are you going to ride with us? Yeah, I'm riding with Green Bay. I didn't put a score down for this because I really don't know what we're getting out of <laughs> Pittsburgh. But I'm feeling like a field goal game. Like I'm feeling like, yeah, I do think it'll be if some someone's – Green Bay is going to win by a field goal. Yeah, that's what Vegas is kind of telling us. They're not going to win by a touchdown. What's that? Feels like one of those type of games. It could be. It really could be. It could be a trap game. It could be one of those. So, yeah. Yeah. Very possible. Again, Vegas knows stuff that we just don't know, apparently. I don't don't know how they do it, but they do it. I got to work for them. That's what I should do. I should move to Las Vegas and just work for the sports book and make a whole lot of freaking money. That'd be great. All right, we got three games left. Here we go. Raven, this game is definitely interesting. Ravens at Broncos. Ravens may be a little lucky to be two and one right now, you know, with that, that game against Kansas City and then uh, against the Lions, 66 yard field goal. Um, Denver's defense has been awesome, they've been legit offensively. And we know that Baltimore's defense is not at all what it was, even though they look better against the Lions. But again, let's be real, it was the Lions. Guys, it's going to be a real close game. It's going to be – I should have made this one of my prop bets to take the under in this game. I think it may be 41. I have to check it out, and that is, to me, crazy. I like Denver. Extremely close. One-point game, 18-17. to 17. I'll take Denver at home over the Ravens, who I think are just I, – I just don't think they have enough to beat that defense, Damian. That's why I'm going to go with Denver. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going Denver 20-17. to 17. Okay, so, yep, close game. We both got close games. Nikki, you got a close game here? 
Um, yeah, I have a fairly close game. I have Baltimore 29, Denver 26. I think the Ravens just pull it out at the last second. Okay. All right. So we're going to see some talker. I mean, <laughs> yeah, if it comes down to that, he know, you know, he's money. Yeah. And it's in Denver, so he could probably kick a 76-yard field goal. You know, <laughs> That's true, yeah. So watch out. That's where Matt Prater got his 64-yard field goal. Denver's the place to kick field goals. You want to freaking go into the Hall of Fame? Go kick field goals in Denver. <laughs> You'll be in there, I promise you. All right, so we got close-scoring games, but uh, Nikki going Lone Ranger style with Baltimore over there. All right, we'll see you on the road. Road, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady goes back home to New England. But it's not his home anymore. He loves Tampa Bay. Damian, I already know what you think, but I can't wait to hear what score it's coming out to be. Tampa Bay, 40. (laughs) New England, 20. Like, I think it's going to be that bad. Doubling them up. Like I heard Nikki say before, a 40-20 score, doubling them up. I think it was the Bills game that you had. Yep, you're all over this. You think you got Brady on your team. You're definitely big on the Bucs this week. Nikki, are you as high as Damian is? Um, I have Tampa Bay 31, New England 21. There is no way Tom Brady loses this game. No. I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 can I see it happening because it's Bill Belichick? I guess I could, but I don't think it's going to happen. I totally agree with you guys. But I think it will be closer than people think because I think that defense for the Patriots is really going to be ready to go this weekend. But I still got – they do. They do. They have, a good, they have a really good defense, and their offensive line needs a little bit of work. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. The Patriots definitely a work in progress for the next couple of years at the very least, so we'll see where they go. Um, but, yeah, I got Tampa Bay 27-20, so I'm with you guys. We all got Tampa Bay in this one on the Sunday night football game. So let's get to the Monday night football game, which this one could be billed as maybe the best game of the week. We've got the 3-0 yeah. Raiders going to the L.A. Chargers, who are 2-1. and They could be 3-0. Um, if you know, if Mike McCarthy decided not to run the freaking clock down and have a 56 yard field goal, whole another story altogether. But I love this Monday night matchup. I said that these quarterbacks are going to throw for at least 800 yards combined. Nikki, what do you think happens? Who wins this game? Monday night football, big one. This is another one I just like toss back and forth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. oh it's tough. Both quarterbacks are ranked in top five in passing yards. It's going to be an offensive show. Uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand right now. I'm going to take um, the Raiders 29, Chargers 27. But I, I really do think it'll go in either way. Yeah, it is. It, it is a coin toss. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. When this game, could, I wouldn't be surprised either way who wins, no matter what. You're riding the hot hand with Derek Carr, who a lot of people think is the MVP to this point in Las Vegas. Damien, do you agree with the road team winning, as Nikki says? No, I'm going with the Chargers in this one. But like Nikki said, honestly, I was this was the toughest game to me. I didn't know which direction to go in on this one. I really went back and forth. Um, but Justin Herbert, I trust in that kid, man. I think he's amazing. And against that Raiders defense, I think he, gonna make the, he makes a difference. And I think the Chargers defense is good enough to slow down what the Raiders are doing. So I'm going to go with the Chargers 31 to 24. All right. We got very close scores. Um, I'm with you. I think it's 31-27. Uh, the Chargers defense definitely is better. There's no doubt. But the Raiders offense is very dynamic. They throw the ball all over the place. If so they can get anything out of the running game, we know they got Darren Waller, who is – you know, you can't cover him one-on-one. It's just impossible. Which leaves other wide receivers open, which hence is why they're having such success without a running game this year. So the Raiders doing really good. But you know what? 
the Chargers at home, SoFi Stadium. I know they've only had it for, what, a year and a half now, but I like it. 31-27, I'm going to take the Chargers in this game, and I think it would be a great Monday night football game. That one was really close for me to pick. The Lions-Bears one was really close for me to pick. Um, you know, the, the, the Colts-Dolphins, yeah, but a lot of other ones – I feel like it wasn't tough, and that's what scares me a little bit, guys. Like, oh, this yeah. game is easy. I could pick this. Oh, no problem. You know, Green Bay is going to win by 14 touchdowns, you know, but <laughs> points. So it, we don't know. Miami could beat the Colts. You know, we think that the Colts are going to go on the road and do some things, but there's so many games out there, and it's still kind of early in the season, guys, where teams are still feeling themselves out. But you know what? Once we get to week five, the latest week six, teams have to know who they are, Damian and know their identity and go with it from there and stop experimenting and know what's going on. So in the next couple of weeks, we're, I think we're really going to start to see the separation of those teams who are going to be in the playoffs and those teams who are going to be vying for the number one pick. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like Nikki said, the first few weeks are like an extension of the preseason. Yeah. Uh, so I think week four is where you really start to see who these teams are. And so unfortunately for Nikki, we already see who the Giants are. (laughs) But for the rest of the league, you know, outside of, you know, those horrible teams like the Jets, Giants and, you know, like the Falcons out there as well. I think that other teams are still trying to figure it out. So we'll see, man. Yeah. Yeah, we will see. We will see. We got time. And I want to ask you each one question before we get off for the night because we had a nice long show. It was great. It felt like five minutes, but we've been rolling. Mm-hmm. No commercial breaks for 220 over here. Nobody, I mean, We can't be stopped. We're freaking awesome. All right, Nikki, I got to ask you, your Super yeah. Bowl pick was yeah. the Chiefs uh-huh. and Tampa Bay. You had a repeat from last year. Do you still believe that's going to happen? Uh, It could. When do we get? You know it could. I want to know what you think. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you can't. It's only been three weeks. Yeah, that's unfair. Question. I. You know what's all right. You know what's really unfair and ridiculous about what you just said. Before anybody played a game, you picked them to go. So now we're three weeks in, and you're (laughs) now you're less sure. Come on. I'm not less sure at all. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I mean, okay. Who else could make it? Rams and Buffalo. Like, I'm just saying, you shouldn't ask that question at week three. It's just not enough data. I'm going to ask you again. I'm asking you. I'm, you know, now I'm going to ask you every week. I'm going to ask it every damn week because you hate it so much. I'm going to ask it every week. I'm not answering. (laughs) I will give you. I will reassess at week ten. Week 10? Oh, my God. Of course. Because it's Eli Manning, number week 10. The number <laughs> 10. Yeah, she went that, the Obviously. So much. He yeah, was you didn't, three in your brain. I I'm sure you didn't think about that. You probably had that written down since like an hour I and a half. Not. Ago. No, I did not. It's all closed. Nothing there. All right. Uh, D, I got to ask you. I know it's early, and Nikki's just like rolling her eyes all over the place, and she just wants to get the hell out of here and go get some food and enough with me already. But your pick was Buffalo and the 49ers. They're both 2-1. and one. They both could be 3-0, and oh, uh, a little hiccup in first week. pick. But how are you feeling about your Super Bowl pick? You think it's still? Yeah, no, I feel good. Uh, I like Buffalo. I think they're starting to hit their stride, especially offensively. Uh, San Francisco, I like the way they play defense, and I think we're going to see more and more Trey Lance as the season goes on, and that's yeah. going to add even more of a dynamic ability to that offense. So I like San Francisco a lot. So I'm not I'm not mad at my Super Bowl pick right now. All right, cool, cool. I mean, I was freaking out about my Super Bowl pick in week one because Green Bay and Tennessee both lost, but then they both picked up two wins in a row. So yeah. I feel a little better about that, even though one of those wins came at the expense of my team, the 49ers. 
who are also your team this year. So we get to share that, my friend, my brother of love. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But um, I'm still okay with my pick. Yeah, Tennessee scares me. So does Green Bay, their defense. But yeah. like we say, teams are really going to start to show themselves You know, this week, week five. And then at the latest week six, we're going to really start to know who these teams are. We know who we are. We are third and three podcast. Best freaking team around. Better than any of the 32 in the NFL. No doubt about it. Because we got Nicky, Nick, Anchor, and everything. Third and three podcast shout outs all over the damn radio. You are hooking it up, girl. Yeah, trying. It's fun. <laughs> fun to uh, guest on um, other shows. But this is where it's at. Uh, enjoy it every Wednesday night. And, uh, yeah, you guys follow me on Twitter at Nicky Nick 9384 uh, Vanderpump Rules is back. So Tuesday nights, I'll be tweeting up a storm in addition to Below Deck. Uh, yeah, so just, you know, doing my thing as always. That's right. And people will keep following. They follow Nikki. She's the leader. Like when she when she's doing a hike, everybody's single file behind Nikki. All right. Everybody knows where their lane's at. All right. You know, they know favorite thing in school was to be the line leader. Yeah. So, I was just like, yes. yes. <laughs> sure no one's surprised at that, but it was my favorite. Hilarious. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Damien, again, man, you always doing big Go things. Ahead. Popped out another spectacular podcast yeah. the other day. You, I mean, you're all, t- tell us about it. Tell us about oh, your dad's one. Appreciate it so much, man. Yeah. So, The Real Deal with Damien Adams. I drop it usually on Monday nights. You'll catch it each and every week on any podcast platform, wherever you listen to podcasts, go ahead and subscribe to The Real Deal with Damian Adams and some betting jewels in there. So if you listened last week, you would have knew to bet on Alexander Usyk to upset Anthony Joshua for the heavyweight championship. Uh, I was one that I was on and I made that prediction on the show that Nikki appeared on last week and the host said he was going to make the bet. So hopefully he made the bet and made some money <laughs> off of that. <laughs> so hey, you some bet- money for that too. <laughs> I did. I did. I made, I made a little bit. So for so for the uh, any boxing jewels, anything like that, follow me on Twitter at the Real Deal WDA. I'm dropping videos just randomly. Uh, I'm gonna get back to doing my Wednesday videos as well. The Web Wednesday videos. Where I'm talking about what stuck to me from the past week. Also, just just randomly doing stuff, man. But NBA season's coming forward, so you see a lot of basketball tweets, mm. boxing tweets, football tweets, of course. And like I said, my random video. So go ahead and follow me on social media at The Real Deal WDA and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, The Real Deal with Damian Adams, which you'll catch each and every week. Absolutely. Both of these guys, unbelievable follows. And I'm really not just saying it because they're my teammates here on Third and Three Podcasts. The reason why they're my teammates on Third and Three Podcasts is because we all get along. We have that chemistry. We all have a love for sports and we love to talk about and get our opinions out there. That's why I love this show. That's why it ain't going anywhere. Third and three is here to stay every Wednesday night. We break down the week before. We get you ready for the upcoming week. We make our picks. We get you guys in here. You can make your picks. Have fun with us. We see you in the chat. We appreciate it. We love it. My name is Jason Fearman. I am at Sports Profit One. That's the number one on Twitter. That's pretty much all the social media I could do. I'm old. You could see the gray, you know, coming in the beard over here. So, you know, I, I can't I can't handle all this stuff, right? And I got a freaking job, okay? I got bosses, <laughs> I got points two and stuff like that. But you can count on us three being here Wednesday night, breaking it down. And again, you want to listen to our picks. Just like Damien, he said, Anthony, uh, you know, Joshua's go out of here. He's right. Listen to our mm-hmm. weekly picks. 11 and 5, 12 and 4. You're going to get that every freaking week from us, guys. So, Third and Three Podcast, we love you. Next Wednesday night, we will be here. 
enjoy, if you possibly can, the Thursday night football game between the Bengals and the Jaguars. Uh, Nithin, we would want to thank you, brother. We appreciate it. We, uh, we will keep up the great work for you, my friend, and you do an amazing yeah. job yourself. No uh, doubt. That's the hardest working guy in sports media right there. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. He really is. It's like that freaking godfather over here. Yeah. Nithin, <laughs> keep it up, brother. Keep it up, man. No doubt. All right, third and three.